This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crage. Give me a name. Like Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, the, in the big spot. Who delivers better than this guy? <laughs> Stop yelling at me. I agree. And we're live here on the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast presented by my bookie. I'm Rich Krejci, alongside, as always, the king of banter, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? I I don't know. I don't have a run sheet. I don't know what we're doing. It's I'm, a little mystery vortex. Yeah, you. Uh, <laughs> I won't lie. the uh, The text messages that we just had were I, I said, uh, uh, "Do we do want to do a Royal Rumble instant reaction this weekend?" You said, "Is it this weekend?" <laughs> it's not. Uh, is an ominous start to uh, to to this day, but. Uh, I think this is going to be a really fun show. We got a lot of really cool, weighty, big topics to talk about. So I'm excited to uh, uh, dive into those. But yes, the Royal Rumble is this weekend. And we will preview it. But uh, yeah, no run sheet. I'm very deep into the match of the year stuff. Didn't get a chance to do that. But uh, we're we're a lot of stuff's going on on the website. Not a lot of stuff's going on in the world. But uh, we're we're making it work. Yeah, I don't know. I'm lost. I'm confused. You're going to shock me with these topics because I don't know which one's coming. <laughs> I don't know which one's coming next. I don't know what we're talking about. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best to keep up. I'm just uh, playing it by the seat of my pants here. I can't find the chat room. Where's the chat room this week? Um, it's there. What am I, what am I doing wrong? I don't know. I'm sure it's gonna play there in the background is. at some point. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah, you'll hear it play. You'll hear it play. Uh, <laughs> any no, moment now. That, yeah, any moment now. Yeah. I got that all sorted out. I got that. No, every time I click the fucking link, where's the? Uh, I think it's there. We got people. They're chatting. I, I, I see them. I click the YouTube link, okay. and it's not. It's not bringing me to the chat room hmm. like it normally does. It's just bringing me to the the. Uh... <laughs> I don't know we how gotta, to help you here. I don't know. I don't we gotta, know. We got to figure this out. What am I going to do if I can't see them talking shit about me in the chat room? Because what I like to do is I don't like to make my presence felt. I like to. But then to yeah, so they'll say the something room. about Joe, and then you'll be like, "No, I'm not." They're like, "Oh no, <laughs> he's here." <laughs> like, yeah. Then everyone yeah, gets on yeah, their best exactly. behavior pretty quickly that, too. So. That's what I like to do. So let's see. Oh, okay, I got it now. All right, I'm watching well, you. They, they know you. Got, they see you. They're, they they got you. Okay. I got my eyes on the thousands of thousands of people that are in the chat room right now listening live. Um, if it was thousands of that, imagine if it was thousands of thousands of people paying ten bucks a month. That'd be not, not That'd too That'd be bad. something else, huh? That'd be something else. You know, we were properly owned by uh, many people, including <laughs> some of the. Um, including some Five of the folks. mutants on Reddit, <laughs> a lot of the, uh, yeah, a lot of, <laughs> fine folks, a lot of the, uh, you know, the uh, replica belt mutants on uh, on Reddit who uh, mocked us for uh, being critical of the number of network buys by comparing our 
Patreon subs. Yeah, they really. I mean, I was I was taken aback and 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 severely owned. I mean, that I I've been owned many times in my life, but that that one really hurt when I was just like, damn, you're right. We do have less people that pay us ten dollars a month than pay WWE ten dollars a month, and it it hurt. It I won't lie, it hurt. It's a hard pill to swallow. It really put me in my place. And it really put things in perspective. Especially if we're going to sit here and try to criticize them about that stuff when we're, you know, they have more than we do. And it's just like, I mean, you know. Yeah, it's it's uh, it was really a humbling (laughs) and eye opening experience to be told that uh, we do not have as many subscribers as the WWE Network. So um, but if anyone would like to offer us one billion dollars for the rights to this podcast network. Uh, we are listening. Absolutely. The email is rich at voicesofwrestling dot Correct. Actually, you got that right. You got that right. You can't get any of the other <laughs> fucking links right, but you got the "Hey, pay us a billion dollars" link right on the money. So yes, you got it. You nailed it. Actually, don't send it to him because he'll just go to Iceland or something with the money yes. and never for sure. Right? He'll never report. <laughs> oh yeah. That he's no, sold. no doubt. There's a hundred. No, there's there's no way. I'm. I'll send you some in a little bit. Once I get off the grid a little bit, but I'm, I'm definitely going off the grid and, and no one's ever hearing from me again. Because it's like, you know, some people are like, oh, they made X amount of money and they they became obsessed with making more and making more and making more. I have like a limit. Like when I get to a certain number, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to grind harder and try to double that money and and become one of the well. No, I am not interested in getting any more wealthy than like a certain level. Uh, and a billion is, is way above where my level is, if I'm being honest. So uh, the level of heard- Rich runs over to Iceland and you never hear from him again is a way less than a billion dollars. Let me tell you that. Yeah. Have you ever heard a um, friend of the show, Murder Brian, discuss his number? No, no. I, I'm curious. What is his number? It's probably shockingly low. $200,000. Where's he needs. going? Where's he going? What's he doing? He's not matter. going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He just says if he, you give him to, if he has it's if he if he gets to two hundred thousand dollars, he's he's good. He's just done. He'll be comfortable for what? He'll okay. make it work. He'll make the two hundred thousand work. You know, that's all he needs. That's his number. So, um, street fight. Go ahead, plug the street fight. Yeah, Rich. street fight radio. I guess I just, yeah. No, you're you're a big, you're you're a bigger listener. Not that, not that I don't like that, but I, you're you're a pretty frequent listener if I remember correctly to the street fight radio, right? People say to me all the time in the streets. They say, Joe, you're Joe Lanza from Voice of the Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I say, yeah, you know, uh, you must have recognized me not by my voice, but by my devilishly handsome looks. And they say, that is true. And when are you going on Street Fight Radio? And I say, listen, it's not my place. I can't force myself on the show. So uh, I, at least three times a week on the streets themselves, mm-hmm. people wonder. When I'm going on Street Fight Radio, the street where so. the fights are, are are done on Street Fight Radio for sure. He's got a uh, he's got a corn podcast too, right? He doesn't invite you for that, or you're not a big corn fan with a K, of course. Backwards K and a backwards no, I think it's a for, I think it's a forward K and then a backwards R, if I remember correctly, right? Uh, you know what? You could be. Correct. I think that I think that's right. I might my my listening to corn days are 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 very very far behind me, so uh, um, I don't recall. I think it was a backwards R and a forward K, if I remember correctly. But listen, it, it, there's a backwards consonant somewhere <laughs> somewhere in that. in that in the title of corns, uh, the, yeah. the band. But uh, yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, yeah, but what is your number? What's your go away number? What is your number where I you're you're okay with never making another penny? I I want to say it's probably about a million. I think. You know, you think about how much money that is, and like I'm I'm not a, I'm not I'm a pretty simple man. I don't need a 
a ton. I don't need a nice big house. I don't need all that sort of stuff. But a million is like, I never even have to think about worrying again. Like 500,000, the murder Brian's 200,000. Eh, you know, that that could be you know, one bad investment or a, a, a house purchase. Like, I want to be able to buy the house with cash and that's done. That's out of the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that to me, that there's where the 200,000 is going to be an issue is uh, the, the property ownership aspect of that is, is going to be tricky. I want to just like find wherever I'm going to retreat to whatever island or, or nation or whatever I'm going to retreat to. I just want to walk up and can them a, an envelope of money and say, here's the money for this house. And then they never deal with me again. No bank has to ever contact me. Nobody, you know what I mean? And that is mine now. And I think I need a little bit more than 200,000 to do that. And I think I need a little bit more, you know, 500,000 is probably close, but I think a million would be like, never have to worry ever again type stuff. Yeah, I think, I think you want enough to pay off your current mortgage, number yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Then buy another house, cash. You know, I would definitely upgrade the house if I, if I could. Um, more space. See, I don't, I don't know if there, I really want more space. I want more space, like, in terms of where I am r- relative to other humans, but not really more space in, like, a house. I mean, nice. No, it'd be nice to have a basketball court, to be honest. But you know what I mean? a little outdoor basketball court wouldn't hurt, or indoor if 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 possible. So, I definitely want more space. Okay, I need two million now dollars. Now I'm building an indoor basketball court. So, uh, yeah, more more space is critical. You don't think you need more space, but more space is nice. You know, it, 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 I, I would definitely go for more space. But I like also space from humans. I'm with you on that as well. Yeah, I don't need to live near anyone. Like I, that, that's the other thing is though, you have to have money to, to you still have to have money to cover property tax. Every mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. This is where athletes get in trouble that have never had money before. Yeah. They'll buy this like palatial mas- mansion on Miami beach or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, you could pay cash for it, but like <laughs> the property tax is like $500,000 or $50,000 a year. Like how, how often yeah. can you do that? Like, it's a big bill that you got to be ready to pay at a certain time of the year. Then you don't get a second contract. And you're living in this house, and you, you, you know you 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 owe, owe all these taxes every year on it, and everything else. So uh, that's the tricky part. So um, yeah, two hundred thousand isn't going away money. <laughs> no. I, I think I think he just feels like if he can probably explain it better, and probably will after he hears this. But I think it's more if I had that, I would feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. The stress of the, of, of the world would would, would the, the the weight would be off your shoulders at least for a little bit. With that two hundred thousand, correct? No, he the like forever. I don't know about forever. I, I'm gonna. I'm, I don't. He might, maybe he lives You're a much simpler life though. than me. But that seems that seems pretty. Uh, that's not paying off my mortgage right now. So that that, that already is gonna hurt me a bit. So you're a worry wart, though. You worry that's by nature. True. That's true. You're you're a real anxious guy. That's why I need I, a little bit more. Like whatever my number is, I need to probably double it just to make sure that I'm not like, oh no, like you know, we, we buy something and I'm like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> you know, that five hundred thousand is really, you know, it's only down to it's down to four. Four hundred fifty-five thousand. Oh man, <laughs> like you know that 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 would worry me. I'm worried now just thinking about this hypothetical that I don't even have. Well, obviously you want to retire, so you you want a number where you don't have to work anymore, Correct. right? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I I think to an extent, like I I think I would uh, honestly, if if <laughs> it's so much to talk about, I can't believe we're doing this, but uh, it, what I would do, it's actually interesting for one of our uh, our new sponsors that we're going to talk about here in a little bit as well. It's a an interesting well, little thing. It. Yeah, I, I I don't know that that's what you tried to do, but I like it if if it is. But you're a professional, so I'll just say you did try to do it. Um, I think the issue, yeah, I that's tough. 
Yeah, I, I, I would worry about it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not worried. You're stressing about the topic, period. I know. Well, I'm just trying to think if I would actually retire, retire. Like, I think when, when I say hypothetically retire, I think I would want to do something. Like, I would probably still do some dumb shit like we're doing here, but not having to punch the clock is what you've always said. You don't want to punch the clock. I That's don't care about this. Like, if you if, if, if I made a million dollars, I'd probably still watch old Royal Rumbles and talk to you guys about it. You know what I mean? I might not charge you anymore. Yeah. I might just kind of you know put it out there for free. But I want to do something. I want to have some purpose, at least, to my life. But I also want to just be able to say, fuck it. I don't want to do anything today. And I'm not going to do anything today. And I don't have to do anything today. Right. That's the that's the key. That's the money I want. Mm-hmm. You're so anxious all the time. Why, why are you so anxious? <laughs> I don't know. I just am. That's that anxious millennial thing, right? Is it? Anxious millennial. It's a thing, yeah. Is it? Anxious. Okay. They say that Hangman Page, his gimmick is of an anxious millennial. Okay, yeah. I relate, to a, lot. I relate to a lot of what Hangman Page goes through. Yeah, which is why he's drinking to solve his pro to get away from his problems. Right, right, right. And, you know, it never knows what decision to make. And uh, the idea is that, yeah, he's, he's a cowboy on the surface, but the reality is that he's an anxious millennial, which is a thing. And you're, you're the, the most annoying generation, the generation that just doesn't fucking care about anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the weird place where I'm either a young Gen Xer or an old millennial. But I think you're a sake, young Gen X. I, 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 I put you in the Gen X. Yeah, for the sake of this, we'll call me a, a Gen Xer. Yeah, Gen Xers, we just don't give a fuck. Like, we're just cruising through life, man. We're unaffected. <laughs> And that's the way to be. Like, I, I don't really let anything get to me that much. You know what I mean? For longer than 10 minutes. It's like, ah, whatever. I'm going to be dead in 40 years. What's the difference? You know? So, no, we are, we are not anxious at all. We're just uh, unaffected. You know, we just hand wave things. It is what it is. There's a game on. Do? There's a game on. Who cares? <laughs> There's a game on. That's my biggest concern. My biggest concern is when is the game on? That that really is my biggest concern. I, I I don't get worked up. I just had the HOA threaten to put a lien on my house because there's a missing spigot in my fence. Did you see that? I earlier did see that. I that was because so I'm wondering. What, so you take this picture. So if people don't uh, people aren't seeing this picture. Maybe you could share it uh, at private some point chat, on Twitter or whatever. Chat. Yeah, or, or whatever. But yeah, it's in our private chat. And so you say you send this picture. and I'm like, all right. Did you get like a new air conditioner? Like, what are you showing us in this picture? And you said, yeah. and and you're you know about a minute later, you said the HOA is going to put a lien on our house if I don't fix this fence. So I'm zoomed in on this fence thinking, what the fuck is wrong with this fence? I can't, I can't see anything. It's a little weather-worn, and it, it's Texas. I'm sure it's, had, it's been through some thunderstorms and stuff. That's fine. It's a, it's a wooden fence. It's going to look. And I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. And then someone else finally says, Joe, what the hell's wrong with this fence? <laughs> like, there's not, and you're like, oh, it's missing you know, a, a piece. It's miss- there is six inches missing off of your fence. I'm going to tell you the verbiage they used. Hold on. This I fence. mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah, you, you need to for people that the live chat people we might not be able to do it, but later today I would like I would love for you to uh, um, to put that, that that image up so we can maybe write some nasty letters to this HOA. Yeah, I uh, it's uh, okay. They said they sent me a certified letter and <laughs> they said they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna place a lien on my property if I don't replace the missing slat in my fence. The slat. So basically, it's a picket fence. And part of one of the boards of 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 one picket is missing, if that makes sense. You know, blown down by the wind or something. And they took a photo of this and sent it to my house by certified mail and demanded that I get this fixed immediately. 
How about that? So what what is this lien then? What like what could they? <laughs> I, I I'm on I'm unaware of HOAs. I never dealt with that. My house is is not doing HOA. So like what? They have that power? Like they can do that? Because <laughs> that's seems... yeah. When you sign, listen here. It's such a racket, especially in Texas. Like essentially, unless you buy a house out in the middle of bumfuck in the country, you're pretty much every neighborhood is locked into an. So they're an all HOA. like developers that then lock yes. it into an HOA. Okay, makes sense. I would never have done this on purpose. I just didn't have a choice. Like, I would never move into an HOA neighborhood. Because it's just a bunch of developments slapped down in the middle of a flat desert prairie thing or whatever the hell you we, we, call Texas Yeah, they all, have, they all have fancy names. I'm not saying the name of mine because they're psychopaths out there, but they all have names. Yeah, like, we have ones by us, and they're always just, like, whistling straights. Like, yes. You know, yeah. orchard, <laughs> orchard Haven. It's like, orchard Creek. Yeah, uh, it's, like, next you know, to a highway. I'm like flowery woods estates right you gotta fucking punch a code in just to get into the fucking yeah it's it's all this so you really can't avoid it where i live in texas so what they do is these when you sign in with to buy the house you have to you're forced to become part of the hoa and yes if you don't you know it's a contract you have all these things you have to adhere to and if you don't they have the legal right to place a lien on your home it's unbelievable right so over the years, I've gotten many what they call friendly warnings. Yeah, I remember the grass I a, one. I remember the your grass is too brown in Texas oh, warning. Oh, hold on. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. A couple years before that, I got a friendly, more, friendly warning mailed to me that my grass was too tall. Too tall. Because, okay. Because And I use a landscaper on a schedule, but the guy went on vacation and missed a week, right? The guy's entitled to a vacation. So – my grass was a little bit over code, oh, so they sent me a warning. Geez, yeah. And I had to explain the whole it neighborhood's going to fall apart if, if you don't, you know. Yeah. You're, you're, I'm like, I'm sure this wasn't like eight feet tall. I'm sure it was like what, like four inches or something? Like it couldn't. Oh be. my god, it wasn't even yeah overgrown. I mean, it was the guy missed a week, you know. Um, so they got me on the fence. They got me because yeah, my grass was too brown, so I had to put. I had to get all my grass redone in my yard three years ago because the grass was too brown. That was a that famous flagship topic. Like, that lasted like an hour yeah. and a half of the flagship. I don't think we got that to any wrestling. Really we, don't get, we didn't get to any wrestling that week. I think that was just about HOA grass rules for that entire episode. If you have your car parked in your driveway and any part of your tire is touching the grass, you can get fined oh, for that. Jesus Christ. They're, they're, do you see this one in our chat room too? Uh, 49ers97 uh, says, My aunt's HOA has such strict rules that they can't leave their garbage cans on the streets longer than 12 hours. I have to. I can't put. You're not supposed to put garbage on the stoop unless it's in a can. Again, they can. If you like put a bag out there, you sure. can't do that. Right, right. Okay. You can't just put a bag out there. It's got to be in a can. And yeah, you got to get the can back inside. And the can isn't allowed to be visible from the streets unless it's garbage day. Like if it's not garbage day, the can has to be in a garage or hidden behind something. Mm. Now, listen, I understand the root of all this. And, yeah, sure. You know, At a baseline, yes. Don't leave your garbage can outside of your street for th- five days. Don't, you know, have garbage all over your front lawn. Don't park on, you know, your lawn. Don't, you know, yeah. don't have a fence that's falling down. That all makes a lot of sense. But yes, there's there's levels to this. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I appreciate that it's a nice neighborhood. Right. Don't don't appreciate... don't let your grass become ten feet tall. You know that that it all seems fair. Yeah, a, you know I appreciate that, and a lot of this is to filter out white trash. I get it, but at the same time, 
when you have someone whose grass has never been an issue, if it's a half inch over code one week, maybe you pump the brakes and give it a couple more days. That's all I'm asking. Maybe when there's half of one slat missing from my fence on the side of my house, uh, you know, you don't threaten to put the lean, slap the lean on the property. <laughs> you know, you got a fence guy uh, or what? What are you going to do here? Because you're not. I know I you're not doing it. Out. I know you're not fucking doing it. So. I got to get a fence guy now because at this point it was, we discussed it and it's like, why bother like just fixing the slat? We may as well just replace the whole fence because more slats are eventually going to go. And why do I want to deal with this every other month? So well, I can see the code. Um, if you, if they put like a new slat on there, it's, you know, it might look, you know, unbecoming of this neighborhood. If you have one new slat and a bunch of old slats. So I get it. Right. It is an old fence to be fair. And, it, you know, so it probably needs to be replaced. It's just funny how it's like, it's not even a full slat. You saw the <laughs> It's literally like, for people that know, like, what any wooden fence, just close your eyes and imagine a wooden fence. The peak, like the top of, like, one of the slats, the peak or whatever, the, the, what I, I'm sure there's a better term for it, but whatever, that yeah. basically broke off is, all, yeah. is what you're looking at there. It's, it, yeah, uh, uh, you could probably fit your hand in there, and that's about it. Yeah, it's some dickweed. Walked up, you know, took a picture of that and then mailed it to my house. They <laughs> you don't gotta even find have that the, guy. You got to find that guy. They don't even have the guts to like knock on the door. You know what I mean? Like when they're when they're driving around doing their inspections, why don't they just knock on? Like I don't want anyone knocking on my door, but why don't they just knock on my door and say, "Hey, um, you know, see." Again, there's levels for something like half a missing slat. I think that's a door knock and a hey, man, I'm just gonna let you know that's not a we're gonna put a lean on your house. I think lean on your house guy is the guy who has a dead car parked on the grass, uh, hasn't cut his grass in six months. Um, you know, th- that guy deserves the, the lean threat, not the guy with a broken slat on his fence. I don't know. It just seems. Yeah, I, I have a family down the block from me and they never cut their grass. They never shovel there. They never do anything. And it's just like. You now, know. see, an HOA would take care of that. You're right. And like this, people don't. And it's kind of annoying as I'm trying to, you know, walk the dogs over, you know, 10 feet of snow. Everyone else has their, you know, driveways at least somewhat shoveled yeah. or their sidewalks somewhat shoveled or, you know, you walk by them and the grass is like up to their, you know, window in front of their house or whatever. And you're like, yeah, it's kind of, that sucks. Like that kind of sucks. But again, that person, the HOA should say, hey, can you, uh, you know, can you maybe work on this? Not, you know, me because I was gone for a week. <laughs> you know, I was on vacation, so I didn't mow my lawn during that time. So. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But uh, yeah, that's what's going on with that. Um, Hank Aaron's dead. I know. I yeah, there, we've had a lot of we've had and people are. And the, the weird thing is now we've come to a point where I mean, I guess right or wrong. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's good or whatever. When 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 famous athletes die, people want us to talk about it and want us to react to it and stuff, which is is pretty interesting. But we've had a lot lately. Uh, unfortunately, uh, way, way too many lately. But uh, yeah, the Hank Aaron one was uh, um, a pretty big. I mean, obviously, I'm not you know, stunned that Hank Aaron passed away given his age or whatever, but it was cool seeing this entire week where people were really diving in and really digging in of like, Oh my God, this guy was just like (laughs) one of the greatest, if not the greatest baseball player ever. You really look at his numbers and they're, 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 they're unbelievable how great he was and how consistent he was for how long he was. My favorite Hank Aaron stat is that if you take away every home run he ever hit, all 755 home runs, he still has over 3,000 hits. That's a disgusting statistic. Yeah, if you if you remove his ability to hit home runs, of which he was the best to ever do it, other than Barry Bonds, yeah, he's still like a Hall of Famer. He's still like a, you know an incredible all time great player without the thing that he's most known for. 
Yeah, I mean, he's still the home run king. Seven fifty five is the number. No, how many home runs did Barry Bonds hit? Fuck, seven sixty something. I don't even remember to be yeah. honest. It's... No one cares, Rich. <laughs> nobody cares. I want to say it's seven sixty something, but I couldn't tell you what the last number is. But I know it was seven fourteen, and then it was seven fifty five. So I can tell you that. So. Yes, those are the numbers that matter. Seven fourteen, seven fifty five, right? Sixty one. What's the new home run single season record? I, is I think it's, it's I think it's seventy three. I'm almost positive it's seventy three, but. Yeah, but you know, six sixty one. Oh, would I know. Yeah, of course, of course. So it's like, you know, the seven fifty five is still the number burned into people's brains. The seven fourteen and the seven hundred fifteenth home run, of course. Okay, home run seven fifteen. That famous piece of footage. The two fans run on the field to circle the bases with Aaron Vin Scully on the call because it's a national televised game on NBC. Right, he hits that home run to left field in Atlanta. Do you know who the left fielder is scaling the wall, making that? Oh my god, attempt? I do, but now I forgot about it. Oh fuck, I do. I know who it is, and I'm now completely blanking on it because I heard who it was, and I went, "Oh my god, that's awesome!" I can't wait to remember that forever. And now I completely forgot who it was. So just tell me. Can I give you a hint? Yeah. Very famous for another moment in baseball history. Oh, it's Buckner, Playing right? It's Bill Buckner, right? Bill Buckner yeah, climbing yeah. the left field. I knew that. I was like, "Whoa, my God! What a great fun fact! I'll never forget that. That's awesome." And then I did. Yeah, that's he. I love the the climbing the wall, even though it's you know, it's like eighty five feet over the fence. But I, you know, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, he uh, Braves opened the the season in Cincinnati that year, and they wanted to sit him because they want he hit a home run opening day against Jack Billingham, and then they wanted to sit him, and the commissioner made them play him two out of three games. They wouldn't let the Braves sit him all three games. He didn't hit a home run in the second game he played, and then obviously he broke the record. He tied Ruth in Cincinnati, broke the record at home, which is what Atlanta was hoping for. He did it on that. I think the fir- I think that was the first game of that homestand. So it was. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was. It was for sure the first game. Yeah, they didn't have to sweat it out. And, and they got lucky because it was a weekend game and it was on NBC. So... Uh, you know, and he, and he hit he hit it off the he hit it off uh, the Dodgers. Uh, Bill Buckner scaling the left field wall, home run seven fifteen. He ended up hitting he ended up hitting seven fifty five. That's the big number as number uh, Bonds was chasing. Um, only one MVP, never hit fifty home runs, but just incredible numbers. I mean, just your average every day, hundred and forty three WAR player. That's all. <laughs> right. uh, you know, just uh, just out here putting up 143. In just the, the most world. RBIs and total bases in baseball history ever. Yeah, almost <laughs> you know, 7,000 7, total bases. Uh, that, that's all he did. Uh, career slash 305, 374, 555. I mean, the guy was just a ridiculous hitter. Um uh, beloved by all. I mean, g- going all the way to uh, his final well, days. <laughs> not by all, but by most. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, obviously the racism. In the early days, uh, not not all. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, can't ignore that. I meant in baseball. Yeah, no, I, I, got you, I got you. Right? you know, yeah, but he faced incredible racism when he's chasing the record. Uh, which you know those two fans running on the field that had to be terrible. Oh, I know. I'm always that. That's the the moment yeah. I remember when I watched uh, Ken Burns baseball and he was talking about the the letters he was getting and the the you know everything that he was everybody that was talking about him and he says when those guys ran out he was ready to like oh my god what these guys are gonna come out here and fucking stab me he's got I'm dead like the so you could see him as he kind of he looks back and he looks at both of them and he says he you know he could tell that they're happy but he's still not sure and then they hit yeah. him on the the back and he's still kind of just like running fat you can see him starting to run a little fat he's not trying to like get them off of him 
He's just kind of kind of trying to run faster to hope and pray that I'm not going to turn and, and, and pass these guys. And they're going to stab me in the back or, or something like that. But like, dude, yeah, I mean, that, that, given what he was getting and the, the, the death threats and the, the letters and the, the calls that he was getting at games like, dude, I would have. I would have flipped out if I was him. Uh, so yeah, again, another you know great aspect of his career is you know that that moment is it's so cool seeing those fans come out there and congratulate him and and, and it be genuine and not be you know fans trying to be assholes or do anything like that. So yeah, stud muffin in the chat room, and I really hope that's Joel Gertner. But uh, stud muffin in the chat room notes that Dusty Baker was on deck. That's awesome. Yeah, so and- many so many good, like classic players in that moment. Baker came up with the Braves, and it took him four or five years to catch on. He had cups of coffee for like four or five straight years because he came up, I believe, as a nine-year-old. Um, and and he tells this great story about how you know he's in batting practice or spring training, something like that. He's trying to jack the ball out of the park, and uh, Aaron, who became like a mentor to him because he was a veteran at that point, uh, said, uh, you know, what are you doing trying to, you know, hit all these home runs? And, and you know, and, and here he's got, you know, the greatest home run hitter of all <laughs> right, time right. <laughs> explaining to him. And, and he remembers that uh, Aaron told him, he goes, there's nothing but outs up there. Stop trying to hit fly balls. And that was something that Dusty Baker repeated his entire career and even into his managerial career, you know, where, you know, the, the, this temptation to hit fly balls, there's nothing but outs up there. And imagine the all-time home run king telling you that there's nothing but outs up there. For him, there were 755 home runs. For you, there's nothing but outs up there. Because Dusty Baker was a line drive hitter. He'd give you 20 home runs a year. But, you know, he was a guy who, uh, you know, would hit line drives and hit singles and doubles. So uh, he was a guy who who uh, really looked up to Aaron. I heard Joe Torrey tell a great story because he played with Aaron, too. And he, he, he uh, Aaron hit ahead of Torrey uh, for a long time for a few years. And when Aaron would get on base with two outs, if Torrey had two strikes, Aaron would always run on the next pitch because the way he saw it is he was either going to steal the base and get himself in scoring position, or he was going to get thrown out and give Torrey a fresh count in the next inning. Mm -hmm. So a totally selfless player too, in that, you know, he's trying to help the guy behind him. He figures either way, it's a no-lose situation. I'm either putting a guy in scoring position for Torrey or I'm wiping out the two-strike count and he gets a fresh count next inning. So uh, there's just so many little stories like that where, uh, you know, where, where Aaron uh, endeared himself to people, not, you know, just as a player and as a person. I mean, he was involved in baseball, you know, right up to, uh, to the very end of his life. Um, I could tell a real stupid uh, Hank Aaron story. This story stinks. You want me to tell it? Uh, sure. Well, one thing I did want to, uh, I was kind of doing the math here, uh, 13 top 10 MVP finishes throughout his career. And I found one year, which is like absolutely ridiculous. 1963. So Hank Aaron hits 44 home runs, leads the league. 130 RBIs, leads the league. 121 runs, leads the league. He bets 319, 391, slugs 586, uh, the slugging percentage is a a, a, a league high. A OPS plus of 179, <laughs> which is, again, yeah. leads the league. Total base is 370. He finishes third in MVP, which, okay, I'm like, oh, what the fuck is going on here? I look at who, who finished first in MVP, and to be fair, it's Sandy Koufax, who went 25-5 and five with a 188 ERA. I'll allow yeah. that. That's okay. That's not bad. Yeah. He finished second to a man called Dick Grote. Are you aware of Dick Grote? Dick Grote, infielder for the Pirates. Yes. Absolutely. At this time, yeah. he was a Cardinal. 
So Dick Rowe yeah. got more first place votes than Hank Aaron. So I just read that Hank Aaron year, right? So yeah. Hank Aaron, 44 home runs, Dick Rowe, 6. Hank Aaron, 130 RBIs, Dick Rowe, 73. Hank Aaron's stolen bases, 31. <laughs> Dick Rowe, 3. Yeah. Batting average, exactly the same. Uh, Hank Aaron, 391 OP, uh, OBP, Dick Rowe, 377. Slugging for Hank Aaron, 586. Dick Rowe, 450. So, um, I hear you. I do. Grote shouldn't have finished ahead of him. Um, but Grote is one of the greatest defensive shortstops of all time. Do you want me to blow your mind further on Grote? No. He, I actually, won, he actually won an MVP in 1960. If you care to look that one up, you'll be even angrier. Um, Dick Grote won the MVP in 1960 with two home runs and 50 RBIs. And Willie Mays was a nine and a half war player. Oh my God, I'm looking at it. It's so, it's so angry. No, I'm not. I'm going away. <laughs> yeah. Now, Grote was a really good player. And, and I guarantee you that year in 63, he was probably like a six or seven war player on his defense, uh, carried by his defense, because he was really an exceptional defensive player. He was a seven war. But, yeah, seven war this year. So not bad. Again, not, not terrible. Yeah, and a six-war player. I'm looking at the year he won the MVP. He was a six-war player with 50 RBIs and two home runs. I mean, and a 394 slugging percentage. So that tells you how good of a defensive player he was. But I'm not arguing that he should have uh, finished this high in these MVPs, but that's the explanation because he played in an era where they really, really loved defensive-minded mm-hmm. shortstops. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, Phil Rizzuto and Pee Wee Reese – uh, guys like that are in the Hall of Fame, and they really have no business being in the Hall of Fame, if we're being honest. Phil Rizzuto won an MVP one year with a similar stat line. But, uh, yeah, if you were a shortstop or a catcher, and you even had a pulse at the plate, I mean, you were finishing top five MVP. I mean, that's just the way it was back then. But, uh, yeah, Aaron, I mean, his numbers, I mean, I think one year he slugged almost 700. I mean, you just look at his numbers, and they're they're just utterly ridiculous. And he's really the last guy left from that era so many hall of famers have died recently whether it's bob gibson lou brock uh joe morgan um we talked about uh dick allen if he, he's not a hall of famer but uh and he played a little later but dick allen died not too long ago um uh, uh don sutton just died a couple of weeks ago right oh yeah we didn't even it's get a just, chance to talk about don sutton it's just been so many i think something like 11 hall of famers have died in the last 13 months or something Ugh. like that uh Willie Mays is really the only guy left from that era. He's probably the greatest living player. Um, you know, either Mays or Koufax. Uh, yeah, I guess, you, you know, um, Johnny Bench, maybe. Kind of a morbid topic because um, these guys are all next. But um, I shouldn't have. That's really mean. Um, but, yeah, Hank Aaron, I think he was 86. Just, uh, you know, I think maybe someone, even though he was the home run king, still maybe a little overlooked looked historically yeah he's, he's like underrated a, which is it's fucking insane it's, but he is yeah it's it's you know everyone realizes he's great i'm not sure people realize just how great he really was i mean the black ink on his page you know it's just everywhere and it's in the numbers that matter you know a uh, slug percentage and home runs and hits and uh and double total bases i mean what's more important than that so um just a guy that you know, and, and and connected to wrestling. I mean, that's the guy who, you know, Mark Madden sent that infamous Bill Watts interview with Wade Keller to. And ultimately, uh, you know, uh, that was the reason why Bill Watts was fired, even though he may have been on the way out 
anyway, that was the final nail in Bill Watts' WCW coffin, his infamous rant at the end of that Wade Keller interview, which ironically enough was the last question that Wade Keller asked. And Watts just went on this unhinged rant going off on, on black people and gay people, probably didn't realize Wade Keller was gay as he's going off on this rant. And, and despite all of that, Wade Keller, if you listen to the audio, is trying to save him and trying to make him stop. But Watch just powered through like a locomotive. And um, Hank Aaron got a hold of, of a transcript of that interview, and he was working for Turner. And uh, yeah, suffice to say, that was it for Bill Watts. So Hank Aaron with a connection to wrestling, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not, a ton, not a ton, obviously, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely one of them. And I know that was some... Something going on, I think, at the time, wasn't there some controversy with some restaurant owner not wanting to serve black people in like the early 90s? And Bill Watts was like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Who cares? I should be able to do whatever. And then, yeah, like you said, that's what starts it. And then it just goes on this like insane rant where he's just like, yeah, gays and blacks. And it's like Wade's like, all right, well, yeah, we're, we're done here. So that, that Bill, thank you so much. He's like, no, 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 no. And he's like, God damn it. Stop. <laughs> like, Just stop talking. Like, I'm trying to. I'm, and he's <laughs> yeah. like, you're not really mean that, do you, Bill? Oh, no, yeah, I do. OK, <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude, I'm trying. Yeah, it was, I'm really trying here, Bill. <laughs> he kept getting wound up and angrier and angrier, and it was really like a libertarian style rant. He was saying, like, he says, "I wouldn't do this, but if a business owner doesn't want to serve gay people, they shouldn't have to serve gay people." Like that was yeah, the basis right, of it. Right, and it's right. like Keller was like, "Yeah, know your audience, Bill. Like, <laughs> like for sure, know your audience here." Well, it's not even just that. It's yeah. it's almost like once he says all of that, like, what's Keller supposed to do? It's right. it, he couldn't cut it out. You know, so um, he left it in, and it made the rounds, and you 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 know you knew it was eventually going to get into the to the quote unquote wrong hands. I don't mean to phrase it that way, but from Watts' perspective, it was going to get into the wrong hands, and it did. Uh, and and that's the official reason that Watts was let go. Um, you know, you take it for granted that everybody knows that story, but you know, maybe there's some listeners mm-hmm. who never heard that before. So. Um, you know, they can go research that and look it up. I mean, that interview's out there. I mean, it's, you know, the transcript of that interview. I have it in hard copy form in an old torch. Um, but, you know, if you Google that, you, you can find that whole Bill Watts interview with the infamous uh, rant that Hank Aaron got a hold of and got him canned. So, uh, so yeah, that's Hank Aaron's loose connection to pro wrestling. I think he made some appearances on some WCW shows over yeah, the years. Yeah, yeah, I was watching I was watching old Clash not that long ago and uh, he's in the front row cuz he was he was an exec in, in at, you know, in Turner Entertainment. So he was there, you know, Turner yeah. Sports, Turner Entertainment, I forget, probably the Turner Sports uh division and yeah, there's a few. There there was one where it's like a terrible show and he's in the front row the entire time and I'm like, man, like when does Hank just be like, "Hey, look, I I got to go." <laughs> like I'm fucking Hank Aaron. I'm not going to sit through this PN news match, you know what I mean? Like yeah, you know what I mean. I'm always just like, and he's just sitting there, like you know, he's just kind of staring. I forget what show it is. It maybe it's not a clash. It's something like in Atlanta or something in the in. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, man, Hank Aaron's there the whole time for three hours. He's just sitting there watching this, and what is going through his mind? He's like, he's like, I'm one of the greatest baseball players ever, and I'm sitting here watching, you know, fucking WCW Special Forces or fucking Firebreaker Chip or something like that. It's like, what am I doing? The American yeah. males are coming out. And I'm like, I have to sit here and watch this shit. Like, what am I doing? I don't know if he was a fan or not. Was he a fan? I don't, he didn't I look don't like know. he was really <laughs> having fun on this show. Yeah. But if I remember correctly, yeah. it was a pretty terrible show, uh, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know if he was a fan. I'm, I'm sure, you know, given where he grew up and, and the age that he is, I'm sure he's got some sort of wrestling fandom in there. He's like everybody yeah, that yeah. age, especially in that region, especially, it seemed like they had something. Yeah, yeah, probably. Do you know that um, 
nine people didn't vote for him for the whole. <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous. I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> this so is why I say, like, people get so wound up over the Observer Hall of Fame, and and you have no be. idea how petty yeah. Hall of Fames can be. <laughs> if you're not a sports fan, it's like that's why it's like I don't. All of the pettiness and bullshit that goes on with the Observer Hall of Fame, it never shocks me because all Hall of Fames are like that, you know. Where, where, and it's like, how do you not vote for? It's like not voting for Ric Flair. Like, how do you? You just, it's inconceivable to me that nine people didn't put his name down. But yeah, Hall of Fames uh, go one of two ways. They either go in the in like the WWE Hall of Fame or like you know, the, the similar to that, like the Basketball Hall of Fame or whatever. Where it's just like everybody comes in. It's like yeah, he was good in college, whatever. Who cares? Like yeah, this high school guy got you know eight hundred wins, whatever. Let it like the Basketball Hall of Fame. Like nine people go in every year. Everybody that was ever good, like anybody that you've ever thought of that you're like, hey, that was a good basketball player. He's probably in the Basketball Hall of Fame, whatever. And then you have you know the the Observer Hall of Fame, which again is not that stringent. Like people really think it's stringent. And then you have the Baseball Hall of Fame, which is currently going on undergoing just an ungodly uh ridiculous crisis right now as they're trying to figure out if they're ever going to elect anybody ever again and who's ever going to get elected and and then you have things where you know guys retire like hank aaron and eight people go eh, i don't know I, I don't see it i don't quite i don't quite have it this year maybe next year but not this year it's like what? it's it's truly unbelievable <laughs> and no one was ever unanimous until mariano rivera which is so think of any baseball hall of fame willie mays yes well, somebody was like, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure about yeah. really. <laughs> Tom Seaver, one of those 11 Hall of Famers who recently died. Uh, no, not good enough. No one has gotten you. Know, it's just crazy. It's just it's so self-important, you know, to hold people off the ballot, which is why as, an, as a Hall of Fame voter for wrestling, I've always thought about, you know what? I'm never playing that game of I don't think this guy's first ballot. You're either a Hall of Famer or you're mm-hmm. not. You know, that doesn't mean you can't change your mind on someone down the line if you don't think they're a Hall of Famer and then upon reflection decide, ah, well, you know what, maybe I was wrong. But if I think someone's a Hall of Famer when their name comes on that ballot, I'm voting for them. It doesn't matter. This first ballot nonsense, it doesn't matter to me. I'm not holding someone out just so they can't say that they're a first ballot. That's nonsense. So um, I've always kept that in mind because, you know, that's why people like Hank Aaron missed by nine votes because there's someone some voter out there who doesn't want him to be first ballot it's not that they don't think he's a hall of famer they just want to keep the sanctity of that first ballot bullshit which uh anyway that that is now i'm ranting like like bill watts <laughs> right, yeah just in case yeah you know, uh, i'll get you in, in, in trouble here but uh all right we got plenty to talk about uh this week not just hank aaron uh, we have the Royal Rumble coming up this weekend, much to the surprise of one Joe Lanza, uh, but we'll talk about that. We have uh, New Japan's New Beginning in Nagoya coming up uh, this weekend as well. GCW's Fight Forever uh, also this weekend. They're 24-hour shows, so we're going to break down all the shows that are going on uh, during that weekend as well. Uh, we're going to talk about the WWE Superstar Spectacle, the uh, WWE India show that appeared on the network uh, this week. But I think the first topic we do have, to, of course, to talk about is the aforementioned WWE Network. Which is really not existent anymore. The WWE Network officially uh, declared now that it will be moved to the Peacock. Everybody that is a WWE Network subscriber will be rolled into new the new uh, Peacock Plus, which is an ad-supported Peacock. Uh, and then if you want to upgrade uh, and not receive ads, you can jump in for, I believe it's $10 a month. I don't know because I get it for free. Uh, for my cable because I'm one of those assholes that still pays for cable and it's actually it's starting to get there where I'm 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 starting to be rewarded by all like because you need to subscribe to 19 different you know streaming services now that my 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 you know idea of just hey I'm gonna fucking stick with cable uh, and see what happens 
uh, feels like it's going to work. And, and I should note, this only affects U.S. If you're not U.S., it doesn't matter to you right now. We don't know what the hell is going to happen internationally. Some people are through their cable. Some people are through this. Some people, we don't know what the hell is going to happen uh, non-U.S. This is just U.S. that we're talking about right now. Uh, but again, WWE Network getting rolled into Peacock, uh, the Peacock Plus, which is ad-supported. So if you are just a normal WWE Network subscriber uh, in the U.S., you're going to be moved over to Peacock, but you're going to be on the ad supported peacock uh, uh level so you are going to want to if you don't want ads during your shows or whatever the hell i don't know how they're going to work out you know live show ads or whatever but regardless you're going to want you're going to have to upgrade to get rid of that but that's near the internet or whatever that's going to happen in march uh our fast lane is going to be the first uh show that they're going to do uh, to kind of give it a test run before uh wrestlemania so as far as we know everything that's on the network right now will get moved over i we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit that's what they're saying right now i don't know i have no clue how that's going to work uh, we'll, we'll kind of talk about the actual content of itself, uh, it, it, of the network in a bit. But right now, we just want to talk about the business uh, of this. And and really, if you listen to the show, if you're an avid uh, WrestleNomics listener, if you listen to the Voice Wrestling flagship, if you're not an idiot, which, by the way, you're listening to this, so you're not an idiot. We talked about this last year almost exactly to the day, almost a year ago. And I found the article that I wrote <laughs> talking about WWE Network as we know it, the, the WWE Network we know and love will never be the same again after today because that day a year ago I, I think literally two day or, or god uh, maybe exactly like a year ago George Barrios and Michelle Wilson were fired from WWE and let go and removed from their posts and and what everybody kind of summarized from that is okay well that th- their big thing was the WWE network they sold Vince on the WWE network they sold the company on it they sold investors they did all that sort of stuff and then you know they're let go and then a few days later they do the WWE, you know, uh, Q call or the Q4 call or whatever, and they say that we are actively looking for partners to sell live content to for the WWE network with the idea that, okay, you know, the streaming pay-per-view, maybe we'll keep all the retro stuff, we'll keep all that sort of stuff on the network, but the the actual pay-per-views, the big shows, the WrestleManias, the Royal Rumbles, the SummerSlams, all that sort of stuff, that will all be moved to whatever network. And I do want to say not to pat myself on the back or, or take a victory lap, but a year ago I said Peacock sounds to me like it would be the favorite given that it's in the NBC you know, universe or whatever. And so it was, it was exactly what it did. But I think the shocking thing to us at this time now, a year later is not only are they just buying the live events, they're buying everything. They want the entire WWE network rolled into Peacock and they're paying a very hefty fee for it. Five years, a billion dollars, Joe, five years, a billion dollars for the WWE network. So first off, before we kind of get into the granular business uh, of it, what are your overall thoughts on this deal? As maybe we'll because I think there's three different, parties that we have to talk there's there's the users there's you and i and the people listening there's WWE, and then there's peacock and nbc universal and i think all of them have obviously different you know pros and cons to this story but from WWE's perspective it's nothing but in in some sense good news but also a a look in the mirror type of moment as well would you say would you say that's that's correct i think that what this well now first of all we knew the net we knew this was going to happen the moment they fired uh, Barrios and Wilson. Yes. As you alluded to. Uh, Barrios and Wilson wanted to continue the strategy of uh, attempting to hit their 3 million subscriber goal for the network. Uh, they wanted, you know, new ideas, different tiers was going to be the next plan. Uh, but the day that Vince fired Barrios and Wilson is the day he threw in the towel on the network. And I think what what all of this is is a great encapsulation of two things to me. Number one, of how my longstanding theory that Vince McMahon is the a very overrated wrestling promoter. 
while at the same time being a very savvy businessman. And this story is an encapsulation of that because the network, and let me make this clear, was undoubtedly will go down as a failure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is what people who argue with us on Twitter, who aren't, you know, don't follow us and they drop into these, these randos that drop into the mentions who think we're crazy for saying that. Vince told you that when he sold it. That's what they're telling you by selling it. They threw in the towel on this. He's cashed out. He cashed out on it and and got a great deal. We'll talk about it in a bit. Got a great deal for it. Jesus. That's the other half. Get a great deal. But yes, you're right. Before we get to that part, the WWE network is a failure because to that, the better idea would be we own the content. We own everything. And people just pay us a shit ton of money for that. He has now given that up. That is done. The white flag has been waved on the network. The network is dead. The WWE network, as we know, it is dead because it was not successful. Point blank. Never hit its projections. The the projections when they rolled it out were 3 million subscribers, which I thought eventually they'd get easily based on the amount of content that was provided and the fact that the pay-per-views were only $9.99. The one and only reason they never came close to hitting three the 3 million subscriber goal is because the current product fucking stinks. That's why. What we learned was you weren't going to get enough people to buy into the, to the old content. The new content needed to be what enticed people, and it wasn't good enough, even with giving away the pay-per-views for $10 and even with giving away WrestleMania for $9.99, which everybody thought was insane at the time. They still never hit their goal of 3 million subscribers. Which, you know, and, not, not to take another victory, you can go back and listen to the 2014 episode of the Force Wrestling Flagship. where And I remember this got, like, a ton of arguments because you and I said, it, it, people were saying, well, what if they had ECW? What if they had... And we're like, nothing is going to get them to that projection other than being good and a lot of people watching their product. It was just that simple. It, yeah. Oh, well, what about WrestleMania? Well, what if they do this? What is, okay, okay, be more popular. That is the only way that this thing is going to get to that projection is be more popular. Because when we saw those first numbers come out and they were very low and people said, oh, well, wait till they go to the, you know, wait till they go to the UK. Uh, well, we'll wait till they open up in, in, in Germany or wait till the network is. And we said, OK, fine. Like that. Yes. But we see from this number right here that they're well below where they want to be. And. The people, I mean, the, the the network rolled out with a lot of content, and people were not interested in it because people are just not interested in the company. And, and we said the only way that this thing is going to be successful is if WWE gets good and people start watching it. And that was in 2014. But it got worse. Argued with us and argued with us. No, once they had ECW. No, once they had this. There is not three million fans waiting to give you guys ten dollars out of nowhere because you added Smoky Mountain Wrestling or old hardcore TVs onto the, the network. That's all nice. That's all good. But you need to create more fans. More people have to watch your product. More people have to care about your product. And they never did that. Over six years, seven years, they never did it. And there should have easily been 3 million people worldwide that were willing to give them $10 a month for that mountain of content on top of the pay-per-views for only $10 a month and all the takeovers and everything it's else. Stupid. It's stupid. I've been, a, a, I've been st- a day one, and I'll, I would never get rid of it, ever. We've always said never in my entire it life, I would never get rid of it. And it's astounding to me that they couldn't get to the number. And the fact is, when you factor in the startup costs, the fact that they never hit their projections, uh, they never cannibalized their own product, cannibalized their pay-per-view buys. I mean, they, they, a lot got invested into this. They, they, when you factor all of that in, um, they have never made up those losses on the network, which is why it's an objective financial failure. And people could argue with us, but 
People have done studies on this. I mean, go, you know, WrestleNomics talks about this stuff every week, but they've done studies that you can find right on Twitter. Uh, Brandon Thurston. Dave Meltzer has done studies on this stuff. They never made up the lost pay-per-view revenue. Uh, and, and that's why Vince uh, eventually waved the white flag. And uh, look, uh, he's getting over a billion dollars. Now, this is the other half of it. This is why I say Vince, overrated wrestling promoter. Yeah, couldn't grow his fail- company, couldn't get more people invested, could not create more to- fans, could not do any of that over the last seven years. The failure of the network is on – the blood is on his hands because his product has gotten worse, not better, and less popular, not more popular. He is the reason there's only 1.7 million subscribers worldwide today and 1.1 million domestic. The flip side, he made a tremendous business deal to get out from under it, and that's why I think he is a great businessman. And you can bring up the two failures of the XFL, though the second time it may have worked. You can bring up the Donnie Lalonde, Sugar Ray Leonard fight. You can bring up Ico Pro. You can bring up uh, all World of Bodybuilding the, Federation. World Body, you can bring up all of the non wrestling New York. Things. Yeah, the restaurant, all of that. You can bring all that up and you'd be right. But there isn't a billionaire in the world who hasn't failed at many things. He fails when he tries to step outside of his realm every time and usually fails tremendously. Inside of his world, He's a tremendous businessman within the world of uh, pro wrestling. He almost always makes the right business calls. Almost always. He's, very, he's a very aggressive businessman, which is why he won the war to begin with in the 80s, took a ton of risks, and it all ended up paying off. And he made a great deal here. He got over $1 billion because the, the report is over a billion. We just don't know the exact figure yet which means he's getting a little over $200 million a year for the domestic rights of the network. So let me explain this to people, okay? That's the 1.1 million domestic United States subscribers that he's getting a fixed $200 million plus per year for, a number that they were never going to get to. I tweeted that out, and of course, I had all the dummies jumping in the mentions. What do you mean? The financial reports are public. They just had... (laughs) They just made $196 million last quarter on it. Yes, overall, this is just domestic. Right. They have 1.1 million subscribers. You can do that math yourself in your head. Right. You and Brandon, Brandon Thurston on, at Russellnomics and, and, and Brandon Thurston on Twitter, he, he, uh, I think he estimated it to somewhere around 130 to 140 on the high end is, is, you know, when you count, you know, people that were in for free and, and stuff like that is, yeah, he put it at about 130, 140. So he got 60 million extra, you know, for every, you know, which well, is you, not you bad. Don't even need, you don't even need Brandon. Yeah. Uh, you, you just know, need basic math. 1.1 <laughs> million is, is it, that's uh, times $10 times 12 months. So it's somewhere, it's like 132 million a year. Yeah. With the 1.1, which isn't even close to the 200 million plus that they're getting from NBC, which is why this is such a good business deal for Vince. Because now they're getting a fixed 200 million plus, we don't know the official number, for the domestic rights. And they were never, they never sniffed 200 million domestically. In fact, Rich, they never hit 200 million, period. The closest they came to 200 million in a given year was 196 million. And I'm going off the top of my head because I looked all this up earlier in the week and didn't write any of it down. But they, I know for a fact they never hit 200 million overall worldwide, and he and he's getting over 200 million per year just for the domestic rights, fixed cost. And now he can wipe his hands clean. Yeah, and he's we done. don't even know. 
Yeah, and 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 so that that's why it's such a good deal because even Vince realizes that they were never going to get there. So for all of you people who want to tell me that we're crazy for saying that the network was a failure, Vince McMahon himself told you the network was a failure when he cashed out the chips. Yeah, he cashed so, out his growth. He he said my growth is stagnant. I'm cashing out. Here you go. Thank you. And made a tremendous deal. Which is yeah, it was probably the right call, honestly. If you're going to be you, if you're going to suck at promoting wrestling, that's a tremendous deal. If you have no confidence that you are going to grow your audience, which he shouldn't because seven years uh, he hasn't been able to do it, this is the best move you could possibly make is to, is to cash out that growth and cash this out the tour- risk and cash out everything else because now you got a check coming in the mail every single month or every single quarter or whatever, and you don't have to worry if X amount of people subscribe or whatever. And we don't know about that. We don't know about clauses or anything like that, but I got to imagine with, you know, that there's probably not a ton in there. I mean, I'm sure that there's not something, you know, that we need to, you know, you need to create X amount of growth because Peacock won't, they're not no real way to measure that. You, you know what I mean? You're never going to know that that person subscribed because they wanted King of Queens or if they wanted to watch WrestleMania, you're, you're really not going to know that. And it doesn't matter yeah. to them, to be honest. They just want people. That's right. It did, after seven years, or really after six years, because he fired Barrios and Wilson last year, and it took – remember, they thought they were going to make that deal before last year's WrestleMania. Yeah, oh, for they sure. It, it seemed imminent. It, it, when, when Vince went on there, he said, we have deals in place. We're That's... talking with certain people. And, and you know, I wrote that article, and we talked about it on the show, that Disney Plus had recently launched and was going through some issues. But that seemed like a kind of a weird fit. But, but it, not totally weird because ESPN – you know, and ESPN Plus was involved in that, you know, to some extent as well. And that's one big family or whatnot. We see ESPN Plus uh, with UFC. Uh, Peacock, which I mentioned, which hadn't even launched yet, but I mentioned in that article, and I think we talked about in the podcast last year, is that being an NBCU property and needing, you know, content uh, on a pretty, you know, at that time, pretty weak uh, streaming platform that's obviously gained a little bit of muscle over the last few months. Like, that seemed like a great fit, but everybody was kind of jockeying for, you know, stream position last year, and that was before a fucking pandemic. You know what I mean? Like, that was even before this, and and I'm sure that they probably made the, the great idea. I mean, they, they're almost probably better off now that they waited, and now that the the streaming wars are even more, you know, hot and heavy, they probably got They probably doubled their mind. I don't, I don't know what the offers were on the table, but again, they might have lucked themselves into just a great, great deal here. By you know waiting throughout this year or waiting throughout 2020 and signing a deal now when when streaming services are in such high demand and and, and there's so much competition. You know, I don't in the think they, I don't think they waited. I think like see in a lot of ways Vince has always been very lucky as well, and I think that's the case here. He was confident and told the invest. He was confident enough to tell the investors, and there's always some smoke blowing, but he was confident enough to tell his investors over a year ago that they thought they can get a deal done before last year's WrestleMania. Okay, and they it took them over a year to eventually get the deal done. And I think that worked to his advantage because we are now entering stage two of the streaming wars, if you want to call them that. The stage one was everybody has their own streaming service and they're all cutting out the middleman, including WWE. Mm -hmm. Right. That was stage one. But what happened was and this was pretty predictable and we talked about this as well. People only have a finite amount of money to spend on this stuff. So with this whole fractured environment, people realize, now, wait a minute. Like, you just talked about keeping your cable. It's probably better for me to keep paying 100 bucks a month for cable because when I add up the cost of these 19 streaming services that I'm interested in, it's costing me more than what my cable bill was. So that was stage one, and it was unsustainable. And Vince and the WWE Network were one of the victims of that. Again, another reason that ultimately it was a failure. It did not survive stage one of the era of streaming. And where we are now is entering, we're just entering the second age of this. Okay? 
where it's going to be four or five giant conglomerates. And stop me if this sounds familiar, because, you know, it, we're, we're going full circle here. Where four or five giant conglomerates are gathering all of the content they can, including all of the failed streaming services like WWE Network, and it's a content war. We have to gobble up as much content as we can. And I think where Vince got lucky was it was probably more advantageous for him not to make a deal last year because now we're seeing everyone, and which is why NBC overpaid Mm -hmm. for his 1.1 million subscriber base. Because think about it. Even if all 1.1 million people of those uh, that they're acquiring are going to be transferred to Peacock subscribers paying $4.99 a month, that's already cutting what they were paying Vince in half. That's only 60-something million. But a lot of people like you already get it for free. Won't be paying at all. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of the people and some of the people who they're acquiring may already have Peacock. So it was a massive overpay. But the reason they've overpaid is because the more subscribers that they have, the more people they have watching Peacock, the, the higher they can charge for ads. Okay, so people are are looking at this strictly from a subscriber number point of view and doing envelope math and saying, now, wait a minute, they're paying 200 million, but they're only getting 70 million. No, you can't look at it that way. It's a content grab right now. And at the end of the day, you're going to have four or five giant streaming services, Netflix and Peacock and go right down the line that are acquiring as much content as they can to try to. And and that's when the dust settles. At the end of, you know, uh, this second era of streaming, that might be what we're left with. And whoever has the best content wins. Now, I don't know. We, there might be a third era of this coming that we can't really predict or don't, uh, you know, maybe these conglomerates will fail. Maybe because they're all overspending on content like the WWE Network, uh, that, it, that it'll be unsustainable and they'll run out of funds and the subscriber, you know, some of them might fall by the wayside because they're not going to get enough subscribers or enough advertisers to make up those startup losses. We don't know that yet. But that's what's happening now. And when people, because I've seen a lot of people say, all right, I understand what WWE is getting out of this. They get to wipe their hands clean, wave the towel, and make a huge profit at the end of the day for this massive failure that they've had over the last seven years. And we understand that what the consumers get, we all win. At worst, you're breaking even and paying nine ninety nine for Peacock without the ads. At best, you're like Rich and you're paying $0. And everybody in between is paying $4.99. So we all win or break even at worst. But what's NBC getting out of it? What NBC is getting out of it is, number one, a giant piece of content. And number two, a bunch of people who are going to sign up for Peacock now who didn't otherwise, who are inevitably going to watch other things on Peacock. Uh, Because that's the other thing. That's why the consumer wins as well, because we not only get the network now, we get Peacock too for the $4.99. So we win. But NBC... It's just a race to grab content. Right. They don't it's care. Race- They're just trying to get anything. And, they, and, and, and like the, the overpay is ridiculous because I, I, I think, again, if you look at the numbers, it's like $900 per WWE Network subscriber. You, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, that's essentially what they're trying to hope to get out of you know, a year is they're hoping to get $1,000 out of every. And it's just like you know, they're, they're basically paying $1,000 for every single one of us right now. Yeah, which tells you that, that they're not concerned with that. No, exactly. That's they don't you, care. That tells you right there they're only concerned with getting people to download the app and getting eyeballs on Peacock. They just want stuff. They just want stuff. And 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 this is hand in hand. Advertising if- money. They want to be able to go to advertisers mm-hmm. and say, uh, okay, so, all right, maybe let's, for the sake of argument, let's say 
400,000 of these – let's say half, more than that. Let's say half of these 1.1 million people that are going to be converted over in March end up becoming paying customers either at 499 or 999 That's not even the important part to them. That's like – that's spare change. They're concerned with the 1.1 million people who now have their eyeballs on Peacock that they can sell to advertisers. And they can go to advertisers and say, we have X amount of people who have downloaded the app, X amount of people who watch the app, X amount of people who are going to see your ads, and they can increase their ad rates. That's where they're trying to make their money back, more so than on the subscriptions. So I think that's the piece that a lot of people don't understand. It's the content and it's the total number of people. Uh, You want to get as many people as possible who have access to your app. Yeah. Oh, it's people. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it, they, they paid this money to have you, the human being, they don't really care that you have an affinity for WWE. They're paying for that 1.1 million or whatever amount of people to come out of their platform. And again, it's, it, it's, you know, it, it goes hand in hand and, and, and it makes way more sense because the news last week that they were going to shut down NBC sports network, um, which was a bit, a, a big shock to a lot of people is that's a pretty successful network. It's a network that a lot of people watch has a lot of really good content on there. Uh, depending on what type of fan you are, if you're a fan of soccer, if you're a fan of racing, if you're a fan, like, depending on what you're a fan of, there was a lot of really good stuff on there and people were just like, man, this makes no sense. Now to me, like seeing these two things happen, I mean, that, that news came out on, I think Thursday or Friday. And now this news comes, you know, on this Monday, it, it's now eye opening that, that they're in full on some memo went around to Peacock and some memo went around NBC universal or, or, or whatever and said, Peacock needs to work and we need to have as many people on Peacock as humanly possible by the end, of, you know, by X amount of whatever, whatever the metrics or whatever the thing was, because you, you know that. And, and I think we're already starting to kind of get, you know, allusions to that, that a lot of the NBC Sports Network content that they had is going to move. So they're going to try to do a lot more live sports on Peacock. And now I was like, oh, wow, OK, that's kind of an ambitious thing. And that's not something they were doing before. But now you see this and you could see that, obviously, this may have probably been in the works for a little bit. And they said, OK, we can officially announce, you know, we know that this WWE thing is going to happen. Let's also do this sports thing and let's just create an entire, you know, streaming platform on this, you know, a live streaming platform on this, you know, service on Peacock. And it, now it all makes, you know, a little bit more sense. And I'm sure infrastructure has been kind of built and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, at this point now, they're just trying to grab anybody and anything, whether that means shutting down, you know, TV networks that were doing well and were making good ad revenue or, you know, acquiring or paying about $1,000 for every single network subscriber because they just need human beings on Peacock one way or another. And they don't really care. Yeah. And all of these, the big streaming services are in a race for content right now. I mean, you know, Hulu, Netflix, Peacock, go right down the line. It, it, Disney Plus, Amazon, it's a Amazon race. Prime, yeah, ESPN Amazon Plus, Prime. yeah. It's a, yep, all of them. It's all a race for content. Similar thing happened with the with the UFC over the top service. I mean, ESPN Plus. I mean, it just happened a few years earlier than it happened with WWE Network, and the model's a little different because you still have to pay for the pay per views or whatnot. But that's NBC Universal's call. If they want to charge for the pay-per-views, I believe they have the power to do that. I just think they're choosing not to, at least for now. Uh, we'll see when the belt tightening happens and you start tugging that collar in you know, a couple of years. Maybe they start charging for the pay-per-views. The thing now is it's out of Vince's hands. Mm-hmm. He gets his $200 million plus fixed cost for the next five years, which is way more than he was ever going to make retaining it for himself because he's a lousy wrestling promoter. But let me ask you this, a more of a philosophical type question, okay? Vince has sort of made, because he's such a good businessman, and he has made his company bulletproof to, to uh, no matter how bad it is, they're bulletproof because of the billion-dollar television deals. Uh, and now this is a third piece. You know, he sells a Raw. He sells SmackDown. 
throw NXT in there for the $35 million a year or whatever it is. That contract's coming up soon, by the way. I don't know and if you noticed have- in that press release, but uh, Peacock mentioned that uh, NXT returning to the WWE Network, which is a nice little thing they slipped into that uh, press release. I don't know if that was a mistake or uh, what's going on, but uh, I, I would I would guess that NBC is going to go, wait, 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 no, 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 no hold on, no. <laughs> like, that's coming yeah. to our thing. We're, we're, we're paying for this shit now. We're putting it there. You know, we own both of these properties. And we want you on this network. And they might overpay for it again. They might make a shit ton of money. And that is that is going to be, a, not, not to interrupt you, but that is going to be an interesting moment there where they say, okay, look, you can get more money, double what we're paying, or whatever. I'm just hypothetically, double what yeah. we're paying you right now to be on USA to have NXT stream live on Peacock. Or you can have it on USA for you know a quarter of the money or double or half right. the money or whatever. That's going to be a real come to you know, Jesus moment of, for Vince is, well, do I want you know $500 million or do I want NXT to die? type stuff or, or do i want right. aew to die type AEW, stuff. Or, or continue to fight AEW? yeah, yeah. right it's like Which, this is why all this can work out nicely for AEW if it does end up back on the network yeah uh, it would help a lot if nxt could do a number the problem is nxt does such a lousy number in the demo most weeks in the teens that it it it, it it's nudging the decision a certain way but Anyway, back to what I was saying. Yeah, sorry, Vince sorry. has made Vince has made his product bulletproof. No matter how bad it gets, they're guaranteed to make money. No matter how many viewers they lose, they're guaranteed to have their most pro- they just had their most profitable year ever when they couldn't sell any tickets in the middle of a pandemic. We've talked about it a million times. And now he's just added another billion dollars to that by selling another giant piece of content. Uh, we all know that he's turned his company into a giant content factory because content is what is hot and what people want right now. It may not always stay that way, but right now he's been able to make his company bulletproof because of the constant pumping out of content. So we, we, we recognize that he's a very smart businessman from that respect and makes good business deals. Does, does being a good businessman in turn make you a good wrestling promoter? If at the end of the day, it's only the dollars that matter. or the fact that he's such a bad wrestling promoter now, can you still call him a bad wrestling promoter because he's leaving so much money on the table? Whereas, like Rich had mentioned earlier, all things being equal, he wouldn't want to sell the network. He'd want to grow that himself and cut out that middleman and, and make all that money hand over fist. But he couldn't get it there. So is it fair to call him a bad wrestling promoter or is it the bottom line dollars is all that matters? That's my question to you. It's it's a tough one, and I, I don't know anymore, to be honest. I mean, this whole what, – what has happened over the last few years, and, and we should credit as well uh, Nick Khan, who obviously is, is, is the head business guy in WWE right now, was the head business guy at CAA, which was the guy – you know, the, the, the organization that uh, got them, or the company, I should say, that got them the Raw and uh, SmackDown deals. So he is coming out at, like – that's an Observer Hall of Famer right there, Nick Khan. He's in there uh, wheeling and dealing, and this is another uh, yeah, great deal under cut, his. I don't, I, don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but uh, yeah, we should have mentioned him earlier because he fired Barrios and Wilson and brought in the guy who makes deals. Yeah. Who makes deals to sell content and has the connections. And the guy came in and just made a billion dollar deal to get out from under this. The network. second, the second billion dollar deal he's made for this stupid company. Yes. <laughs> like... Yeah. And Wilson and Barrios were just going to stay on the network train. Let's reconfigure it. Let's try something else. And Vince knew it was a bomb. Yeah, let's add progress. Let's add European wrestling in a higher tier. <laughs> like... He knew it was a bomb. Anyway, go ahead. I'm glad you brought up Nick. Khan. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted. To, I just wanted because I had my notes there. The Mentioned Nick Khan. Yeah, the cons. This the wrestling business is a con business now. So you know, yes. it's always been a business of cons, but now it is officially 
a business of cons here uh, yes. with, with Nick and <laughs> Tony taking over. But uh, uh, it's 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 an inch, it, it's really I, I don't know anymore. I, I honestly don't know anymore because when you look at the way that I mean, we, we, we're in a post, especially this year, especially in 2020. We have talked about it as well. We are in a post wrestling wrestling business here where. You could justify once once things go back to normal, and I mentioned this a bunch of times during 2020. You could absolutely justify Vince McMahon sitting down and saying, "Do we ever need to go in front of fans ever again? Why?" And yeah. those guys at the table, what's your argument for why they need to go in front of fans again? Yeah, there there is they're none. Just gonna give you reactions you don't want. Yeah, there. I mean, they're on other than like the energy and the the passion of the WWE universe. That's it. But it's all it's all bravado. They don't need those fans. They're making more money without them. They just sign these guaranteed TV deals that that are good. And I mean, who the hell knows how long you know what what, what the rest of Vince's life is going to look like or whatever. How many more years he has and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I hate to be morbid and, and what whatnot, but for him. It might not be a problem. He might be able to live through these deals or, 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 you know, these deals might live on beyond him. Who the hell knows, you know, at this point. So to me, like we're, we're in this weird, weird time period where he's getting guaranteed money. He's now sold off almost all of his rights, you know, to, to content. They at, at this point now are content providers. They, and I, I, I tweeted this out and I got a bunch of dumbass responses because it was on Twitter and I should have accepted that where I said officially as of today, we now can a hundred percent declare that WWE is no longer a wrestling company. It's a content company. It, it is yeah. a content production company at this point. It, it, it exists to produce content. Does not exist to promote wrestling. Doesn't exist to to have it produces content. Now that's all it does. It produces yeah. content for Peacock. It produces content for for USA for the the NBC uh, you know network. It for right now I, I guess, and this is going to be I think a contentious ish relationship you know moving forward is produces content for Fox. And that's what it is. And, and that that is so it, it has ceased to become something that needs to sell tickets. It ceased to become something that needs to sell pay-per-views. It ceased to become something that needs to really grow. You know, what I mean, it ceased to be something that needs to grow. I mean, growth is nice. I'm sure Peacock would like that. But from WWE's perspective, they're providing you the content. All, they of need. These, all of these pieces of content are have negative growth over the last yeah, five years. And it hasn't and mattered. And he sells them all for a billion dollars. Well, and, and we talk about it all the time when we, you know, when, when, when you know, the discussions of, you know, the, the conference calls come on and, and, and Brandon Thurston does an incredible job in WrestleNomics, where Barrios would lead off with the hours of content they produced this quarter. Not yeah. the attendance numbers, not the merchandise, right. not the revenue. No, it was, we produced over 400 hours of content this quarter. <laughs> it was, yay. Yeah. Like, that's what it is, is look at us. We're a factory of content now. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I honestly, does that make him a good wrestling promoter? Maybe, but that's not, I don't know what, if what he's doing is wrestling anymore. And I, I think, again, and this isn't a like kid. a dumb, oh, he's called it sports entertainment 20. I'm not talking about that bullshit. I'm not talking yeah, about everyone what he calls into, it. Yeah. To, to, yeah. Everyone dropped into, to Meltzer spleen you, but <laughs> you were the one saying this because people were like, oh, we already knew that. And you're like, yeah, but it's like dummy. Rich has been saying it for five years. You're say, you just picked up on it now. We were saying it before they were making all these deals. Yeah. So, yeah, we had to deal with all that. But again, you know, Twitter's just the worst. <laughs> it's just besides actually, but besides you, Reddit, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a nice number two. But, yeah, we are in this weird period where I, I don't know anymore. I don't know. They're not wrestling anymore. So I, I don't know if I can call him 
at this time. But again, like you said, it's, you know, this guy's just signed a bunch. I mean, he's converted whatever this is, whatever WWE is into $2 billion deals and another, you know, 700 million or whatever the hell the USA deal is. So it's like, fuck, I, I mean, well, this is how I said, I guess, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. It feels like I a give you my theory. I give you my theory on it. I think I could still separate. I still think he's an overrated wrestling promoter, but a good businessman. Because if he was a good wrestling promoter, he wouldn't have to make these mm-hmm. deals. He could keep his own content. He can make his own money off his content. Instead of, instead of Peacock bailing him out, which he, granted he made a good deal, but it was a bailout. If he was a good wrestling promoter, he wouldn't have needed Peacock to bail him out. Because he'd be making money hand over fist with the network instead of still trying to make up the losses from the from starting up the network. So that's kind of my angle on it. I think the fact that he's an overrated wrestling promoter who's getting worse over time is the reason that he has to go out and make these good business deals. And the fact that his, uh, you know, uh, because listen, you have to give him credit for firing Barrios and Wilson and hiring Khan. It was the right move. You have to give him credit for that. He made an incredibly good and smart decision to throw in the towel on the network a year ago. That was the right call. He saw the lay of the land. He knew deep down they were never going to meet those goals and never make their money back. Okay, And he went out and got the guy he knew could go out and sell his content and, and, and get him out from under the network. And, and set him up for the next half decade. That's a good businessman. You can talk about all the Donnie Lalonde fights you want. He got it. Listen. I like how you always name that. And nobody else names Donnie Lalonde. Everybody always says Sugar Ray Leonard. You say Donnie Lalonde. <laughs> you know because I mean? Donnie Lalonde is fun to say. <laughs> I love it. It's just when everybody mentions that boxing fight, they all yeah. say Sugar Ray Leonard, not Joe Lanza. Joe Lanza says Donnie Lalonde. <laughs> Because it sounds like more of a failure. Yes, if it's like he tried to promote Donnie Lalonde on pay-per-view. Yes, (laughs) Yes. right. Like Sugar Ray Leonard, people might think, oh, well, he just, you know, I would have tried that too. No, Donnie Lalonde (laughs) tried to promote. Okay, so, but seriously, you could bring up all that stuff and you'd be right. But, you know, know, he makes, look at, you can't doubt his, his track record in wrestling when it comes to making business deals. But. I, that's how I I understand. Like it is hard to parse it out, but I do think you can call him a super overrated wrestling promoter because it because he did such a lousy job over the last seven years with his product. That's the reason he had to go out and make a deal to sell his network. He should never have had the that thing, Rich. That thing should have ten million subscribers. Yeah. Can we be honest here? No, I, and I was gonna, I was gonna interject by saying, you know, the the real if he was a real great wrestling promoter, he wouldn't even be on Fox or USA or, or maybe he's on USA, but SmackDown's on the fucking WWE Network because we have ten million people and we have ten million people paying us ten dollars a month to watch SmackDown every single Friday and and like yeah, if he lo- if, if if streaming was what it was in nineteen ninety eight and nineteen ninety nine or two thousand or whatever, that shit Raw would be on fucking the WWE Network. You know what I mean? He Do wouldn't you- even. Well, you you have to keep it free to 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 build new fans, but no, I meant like one of the one of the things would be you know SmackDown would be on on yeah. network TV and Raw would be, you know whatever it's going to be, but yeah, the, 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 it would be such a juggernaut that they would be acquiring content on their network, and would it have far more than one point seven million subscribers worldwide? I mean, are you kidding me? That is the most embar- that is an embarrassing number one point seven million subscribers worldwide for what you get for ten dollars a month. 
you're a lousy wrestling promoter. I'm sorry. When you have a 40-year head start and all that history and all you can muster up is for, for, for all that con- – you get basically – you get the entire history of pro wrestling in America and all of the pay-per-views and all of the other shows. And you can only get 1.7 million people to pay $10 for that? I'm sorry. That This guy's overrated. Yeah. Well, do, do you remember that when that number, that first number came out, and I remember exactly what it was, it was 667,000 people. And we did that show and we said, oh my God, what a failure this thing is already. Oh, that shit. Was, that was the first month that it came out. when they, and, they, and, they we had, gave them, and we did give them credit for being forward-thinking and jumping into the streaming era before it was yes. really but, – but, and I figured – listen, I thought deep down I'm like as long as the product is, is decent, they'll get to that $3 million. And they never even sniffed it. It's unfathomable to me that they've only been able to – 1.7 yeah. million after seven years. And so many of them like giving away WrestleMania for free every year. To try to get people just to sample this thing. Yeah, remember, the, people- remember the free month era where they're just like, please sign up, please. Here, here's a free month. Here's three free months. Here's eight free months. Just sign up for God's sakes, please. Just sign up. And, and it's what, and what'd you say at the top? It ended up devaluing, at the end of the day, it devalued their own product. Yep. It devalued their own product and made it that much harder for everyone else. Remember, remember they, the uh, the JBLs like, yo, Mako, there's idiots paying fifty dollars for these things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when, when people when people had the audacity to give them sixty dollars for WrestleMania, ah, oh, Mako, these idiots are paying sixty dollars. They only have to pay ten dollars. <laughs> Just like and Michael I mean, Cole, like, I can't believe some of you are still paying us sixty dollars. Stop doing that. Pay us ten dollars instead. They didn't. They were still yeah. selling pay per views to this day. <laughs> Yeah, to this day, yeah. You know, I really hope some of the people who – these mouth-breathing <laughs> idiots on Reddit and Twitter who got on us at least give this segment a listen, and I hope they learn something. It, like they think that Vince was like this mustache-curling genius who cut this incredible yeah, deal sell, for Sell. We're as high as we're ever going to be. Sell, sell, sell. You this know, was like, his ma- – like this was yeah. his master – like this was a master plan all along and not getting out from under an utter disaster. Which is what it really was. He he the network, here's what it really comes down to. The network can be a failure, which led to a great business deal, and those two things can be true at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. And that's what we have here. He made a great deal to get out from under something that just wasn't working and that he acknowledged wasn't working. So that's really the best way to sum it up. I hope we gave a clear picture of what all three facets of this are getting out of it. WWE, Peacock, and the consumer, um, the mindset behind it, the history behind it, um, you know, because I think there's just so many misconceptions out there. And, and granted, people don't study this stuff like we do, and we don't even study it as hard as people like Brandon Thurston and Dave Meltzer do, where you really get into the nuts and bolts of it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just not everything's black and white. You know, it's this is multi-layered and 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 we saw this coming, you know, and, and, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's a shame. And now as far as that's the business piece, let's get into the content piece. They say everything is moving over. So maybe it. when we all go to, <laughs> I don't buy it. Well, maybe I... when we all go to Peacock, there'll be a WWE network portal in the same way that I don't know if you have Disney plus rich, but, um, 
on Disney Plus, there's like a Marvel portal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. right. Or on uh, on on um, on HBO Max, there's a uh, like a uh, uh, there's different portals where you can get out of the HBO content and into the other content that they carry. I, I'm thinking it'll be something like that, where you click into a portal and you basically go into the what we now know is the WWE network, maybe with the same, you know, maybe with some peacock trappings, but with, you know, the same basic uh, structure and whatnot, just within peacock. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, And they say all of the content is coming. The concern for people like us who really like the older content is maybe they'll stop putting effort into refurbishing and editing and cleaning up the older territory footage and adding it because why? You're getting a fixed 200 plus million a year. Why put the effort into that? And maybe NBC Universal, maybe they don't even want that. Stop eating up all our bandwidth with this crap. Just give us the pay per views. So is that a legitimate fear of yours? And oh, what, how do you see all that? 100%. Yeah, no, they, they say right now that all 17,000 hours of, of, of w, yeah. you know, network content is going to be there. But like you're saying, when, you know, as, as you know, presumably, and we have no idea what the, the structure of this is, WWE Network is, and apparently the people that work at WWE Network weren't really aware of this either. That was kind of the report as well, is that they kind of got taken aback uh, by the notice of this. Are they still in charge of, like you said, their own little area? And, and Peacock says, yeah, upload whatever you want, do whatever you want, you know, whatever. Or now does NBC Universal have their own team that they're, you know, kind of handing over the, the the content to and that team is uploading everything or that team is getting everything ready we have no idea what that is but when the rubber meets the road i cannot believe that somebody is going to sit there and look at you know the the march 18th 1993 episode of smoky mountain wrestling and go the fuck is that why do we what no and then just you know skip it or just delete it and say no this is stupid why would we, why do we we don't need this on here or you know say it's just as easy as a one button and everything that's on the network moves over to this new thing okay fine we're not getting new episodes of wrestling challenge. You know what I mean? We're not getting, you know, mid South wrestling, you know, the 1984 mid South wrestling tapes are not getting uploaded to that thing. I just can't buy. It. I mean, you, you, you can buy it if you want. You can say, Oh yeah, yeah. That, cause that's going to value add to their, it's not worth the, va- I mean, this is now they are in a company. They are on a conglomerate of, of streaming. I mean, they, that is no value to Peacock, the executives at Peacock, the, the, the general population users of Peacock do not give, two shits that an old episode of, of Mid-South is on the network. You know what I mean? They don't care. They care about WWE pay-per-views. I guess they care about old WWE pay-per-views. They kind of care about old WCW pay-per-views, but we can prove that the WWE Network shows us that they don't care that much about those because they've had access to all those for years and years and years and years, but at least that's like the baseline of what the network is going to be is, you know, the old and it. But to, to, the, the territory stuff, the really old, that, dude, there's no chance in hell that they're going to be doing that. Like you said, there's, there's not only there's a bandwidth issue, there's just from from a value perspective to Peacock that doesn't mean anything, and WWE Network's not in that business anymore. They don't care. They're gonna give you yeah. what they're gonna give. They're gonna give. For, they'll probably hit the ground running with first run content. I'm sure they'll be all new. WWE's the bump and and WWE 24 seven and WWE. I mean that they're good with that, but they're not gonna invest time in uploading and scrubbing and cleaning up old you know mid south or old ECW tapes. Like why would they do that? That's over. That's done. I, I, just, I can't. I, you cannot convince me that there, there's going to be somebody that's going to care or, or someone that's going to sit down and, and, and spend the time to do that. I, I just yeah, I, I, I can't know. buy it. I, I, I just don't believe it. I don't know. I see what you're saying. I, I, I can see it playing out that way for sure. I don't know. I have to see. I have to see how it's integrated, all of those things. You know, Again, if it's just enter this portal and you're basically logging into the old WWE network, 
and maybe they're still running the back end and maybe, but, but the, the fact is there's going to be less effort put into it from someone because it's, it's a fixed cost. It's a fixed, you're getting a fixed cost now and that right. changes everything. It changes the mindset. Um, or like, you so, know, I'm you saying if, if it's like if WWE Network basically hands over everything and then they're done, they, they cease to exist. The WWE yeah. Network ceases to exist and everybody that was involved in the network is fired. And there's just some Peacock guy that gets an email that says, all right, upload these things. I mean, they're not going to tell that guy to, you know, or those people to upload old episodes of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Like, that's not what's going to happen. They're going to upload this, you know, first run content, first run, first run, because that is where what's going to drive that money. And that's what's going to drive at least what Peacock it, it, I, I'm positive of this i mean I, maybe i'm wrong and hopefully i am and I, hopefully it is just a portal and WWE network still has you know control over it and they still see the value in uploading old content and uploading all that sort of stuff but i mean god there is no value. <laughs> i hate to say it yeah. but it's me it's you it's the real nerds that love this stuff yeah but- the, the, the guys like me and you like they'll continue on with stuff like uh the alexa bliss podcast yeah 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 all that crap that i wouldn't watch if you put a gun to my head i have no interest i just don't care up up down down yeah, and, raw talk and 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 yeah, talking smack and all that shit will definitely and that what and that show that people swear exists but i don't <laughs> WWE's the bump <laughs> wwe's the bump i mean that look look if you're into that stuff great i will i've never watched any of that stuff i just don't care yeah, um, but that I, I could sell. It, that that I, I, I is not going away. That that, that if will, anything yeah. will be more of that stuff. Because that's a bigger draw than yeah. the stuff we mm-hmm, want to see. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I want the full Smoky Mountain run. That's not a draw. Nobody cares. What they care about is Alexa Bliss's dopey podcast and uh, you know watching uh, Xavier Woods play video games. I mean, that's a bigger draw. So they will continue on with that stuff. Um, but and I fully expect that. Rich is talking about the older content. I maybe the best we can hope for is they just keep all of the older content that currently exists. Another question for you. They're out of their little insulated wrestling bubble now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what happens when some smarmy 32 year old. Oh, I'm 33. You're right. Yeah. Fuck those 32 year olds. Let me paint my picture. Paint <laughs> That's my fine. Picture. I'm trying to think if you're talking about me. But um, what happens? You when said some... smarmy 32 year old. And I'm like, wow, I feel attacked. Yeah. But all right. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> so what I'm 33. When... So you're not talking about me. So carry on. Yes. What happens when some smarmy 32 year old blue check mark, uh, you know, media person, um, you know, ultra woke. You know, they, they they log into their peacock, and with a smirk on their face, they're gonna check out this wrestling content that Peacock has added, and write a little story for their, you know, whatever Vox the Verge, the Verge, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, website and blog or whatever, right? And they think it's gonna be all fun and games, and they're just gonna make some corny jokes about, uh, you know, Monday Night Raw. And they run into some Joel Gertner ECW promos. Yeah, they run or into Trish Stratus on her hands and knees barking like a dog while Vince McMahon screams at her. Yeah. <laughs> and they run into some, uh, you know, late 90s ECW or WWF Attitude Era uh, crowd signs with slurs. Or they run into um, uh, what would now be considered problematic promos from baby faces putting down ethnic heels from like 1984. Uh, what happens when that smarmy 32 year old blogger who uh, make all of their money and get off on calling shit out run into that on Peacock owned by NBC Universal? What happens then, Rich? 
to me, that's a big story that nobody is talking about is, is you're, you're in the mix. Now the people, the same people that are going to watch the George Lopez show and, you know, everybody hates Chris and, you know, King of Queens can now with two clicks find Trish Stratus on her hands and knees in a, in a thong barking like a dog while Vince McMahon screams at her. You know what I mean? Or can, can in, in a few clicks after they're done watching, you know, Ray Donovan or whatever the fuck, they click over and and there's a, a ECW crowd yelling, you're a, she's a crack whore to, you know, Francine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. You're right. It, it is. They're they're in they're in the big times now. They're in. And, and, and I, I think I, I forget if I tweeted this out or just talked about it with other people, but like immediately right off the bat, day one, they're already the most crude, lewd thing that's on Peacock. Uh, like, you know, no doubt. I mean, it's pro wrestling, for God's sakes. See, wrestling fans understand that wrestling is trashy. Yes. Most wrestling fans do. And most wrestling fans will just roll their eyes at the outdated stuff, the stuff that wouldn't play today because they understand place and time. Um, you know, there's plenty of modern stuff in wrestling that people who are into, uh, uh, you know, into pointing out. That there's pl- We don't need to dig into the past. There's still <laughs> no, plenty of yeah. stuff. Yeah, even not intentionally, even the people that were not intentionally doing anything or at least what was okay at the time. And that's again, that that speaks to something that was going on in the streaming services is is a few years ago. And I it actually hit Peacock is like 30 Rock. I don't know if you remember. There's two. There's 30 Rock was one where Tina Fey basically said, hey, these episodes all have shit that I I, I really think we should just take off and and I don't feel comfortable with anymore and we should get rid of it. And they did. They said, "Okay, we're going to get and then the Golden Girls one. The famous Golden Girls thing where, you know, the Golden Girls are in blackface as one of the women or I think the daughter or whatever, you know, brings over her new black fiance or whatever. And, and they appear in in what, you know, they were doing a mud mask, but it appeared like yeah. they were in blackface or whatever. And that was yeah. the joke was, oh, no, 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 we're not. No, 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 no. Don't, you know, don't get it wrong. Yeah. We're we were doing mud masks or whatever. But that was the joke that got taken off. That was that was scrubbed. Right. Vince McMahon said That's the N word on a pay-per-view yes. and it's still there. It's not off the network. Like. Yeah, and there's in 2003, there's like it wasn't like you know 1981 when it was like oh, I don't know, like that's a little weird. It was in 2003. We were well aware, well, 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 well aware that that was probably not okay anymore. So you can find literally probably thousands of examples on the WWE. Yeah, I, that, that, that I use the most prominent one where he just literally a white man says the n word to a black man, but that is the most basic one. But yeah, like you said. Any, you do three clicks on the WWE Network, and you're probably going to find something problematic in in a few seconds. It won't take it's long by today's by today's standards, or by any standards, right? Even in some cases, by any standards. But it's like, you know, when you when it's the WWE Network, they it's only wrestling, and wrestling fans kind of they know it's part of the deal, and we get it. But now you're playing in the mainstream on on a major, and that's going to be a huge problem. When that inevitably happens and when somebody finds one thing, they're going to dig deeper for more. And it's to me, that is a house of cards that nobody is thinking about with, with all of this. So I think another thing, if you're a hardcore wrestling fan, you may have to deal with is increased censorship of the episodes and the shows and scrubbing of, of, of certain stuff. And just I think you're going to, without a doubt, get more of that, because if I thought of it. Someone getting paid a lot of money had to have thought of that by now. Hopefully, and 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 that's something that uh, they definitely need to think about. Yeah, and well, it, to, to your point too, like that if if Peacock if this is successful for Peacock and Peacock gets what they want out of it, which is people that are watching, you know, George Lopez are going to now start watching World Wrestling Entertainment. 
the problem though is that you're going to get more eyeballs and the more eyeballs you get on this wrestling thing the more opportunities you have for somebody to go ooh wait a minute what like excuse yeah. me the you know this team of mexicans is going to come out on on on, on lawnmowers and that's their team yeah. thing is like they, they they ride lawnmowers to the ring again this yeah. is not this is not the 2000s that I'm describing here that's not you know right. th- this is an ancient history that I'm talking about and that's just that stuff that's not even you know like you said the mounds and mounds of old stuff that happened you know back in the day Roddy Piper WrestleMania, you know, with the half black, half white, you know, body paint or whatever. I mean, they're... how about how about every old territory, <laughs> every territory was... ever? That... <laughs> how about every old territory that at one point did an angle where the baby face would win a match and then win the services of the heel valet and make her basically imply that she's a sex slave? Yes, <laughs> I'm going to win your valet and fuck her for a week. If I win this wrestling match. I get sunshine or whoever else they're going to do chores around my house and I'm going to fuck her senseless for a week. And then I'll give her back to you, Jimmy Garvin. Like every territory did a version of that. Story. <laughs> we did that multiple times. I remember X-Pac did it with Tori yeah. and then Tori decided, ah, you know, I kind of liked fucking X-Pac. I'm going to turn on you, Kane. So that's <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's like, there's a million examples. I mean, we can go on all day. We can do three hour show just on, on that sort of thing. And it's, um, you know, that's not going to play well with your typical mainstream 32-year-old blogger who only knows a woke world and it's my job to call things out because that's what they pay me to do. This could like, be someone's full-time job. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Some blogger, The Verge, could pay somebody full-time to go through all this network and say, okay, uh, this episode had this, 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 and this. That episode had this. I mean, th- this is... A house of cards, not to, well, for lack of a better term, unfortunately, yeah. given, you know, what happened yeah. with house of cards, but a house of cards really that, that, like you said, I hope that somebody is thinking about, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would hope that there's smart people in the room, but I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. It's, it's, but you, you're absolutely right. And it's something that I think, um, you know, a few, we could definitely do a victory lap here in a few months as people, you know, figure that out and, and, and it becomes a thing, but. Or that, I, I mean, if it doesn't become a thing again, it's more of a failure because more people, nobody is watching it. Then it's only wrestling fans watching the content. Then and then it's you know, that's true. Still a failure. I, I guess. I just think there's probably so many people who are completely ignorant. They just think wrestling is a silly thing. Sure. And they have no clue. Um, and you know, one of them is going to find out. They're going to intend to do just some silly story where they rag on wrestling and make bad jokes about how fake it is. And oh boy, are they in! If they, the deeper they dig, <laughs> oh boy, are they in for a surprise of what they're really going to reveal? But uh, I don't know. That's the uh, that's the peacock deal. Yeah. I love the network, and I really hope that it doesn't change all that much because it, it really is an incredible value. And I watch it probably every day, mm-hmm. well, if sure not be. five or six days a week. Um, you know, so it, it's it's a shame that. Um, it, maybe we shouldn't complain about something that isn't happening yet, but it'll be a real shame if it fundamentally changes and we lose a lot of that history. Yeah, the, the big issue is, you know, they, they bought all the history. They have all the history right now, and if it just sits in those archives and doesn't move and doesn't leave and there's not something else. Because if, if, if they, you know, honestly, the a thing that I would love if, if they said, okay, we're moving this to Peacock and all the first run stuff's going to Peacock and now we're we're also launching this archive thing or whatever and you could subscribe to this archive thing if you want. But that's just, you know, that that's not worth the money again. It, it's just not worth the money. There's no real value in doing that to, you know, 
for you, me, and, and, and a thousand other people that go and watch old shit like this and obsess over this. Like, they, we don't matter. You know what? <laughs> they don't care about us. We're, we're not the valuable customers that they need. And, and that's, it, it sucks. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see. I, I hope, I hope that, the, like you said, you click a WWE logo on Peacock and it comes up and it's everything that was on the network and they keep uploading stuff and they, it's just kind of business as usual, but it's on Peacock. That would be awesome. But I don't know. That 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 platform was a failure. So I don't know. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, that was a failure. So so I I, I have a hard time believing that they're just going to keep on keeping as, as they've been doing with the network. So we'll see yeah. where it goes. But this is huge news. I mean, people that that might think that this is just nothing. I mean, this is this is transformative. And and you know, this brings up a, a, a you know before we move on to other topics here, this brings up a very interesting you know time in WWE's history where their 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 pay per views are on NBC Universal. Their content, their old content is on NBC Universal. Raw is on NBC Universal. NXT is on NBC Universal, a property of NXT, uh, NBC Universal. The only thing that's not is Fox and, and SmackDown, which is a very interesting thing as well. That now Fox has to promote, you know, a competitor's streaming service on their, you know, national television, which I'm sure they're not super happy about. We know already that ESPN isn't happy about this, as they're just basically said, "Well, we're not going to cover WWE anymore," because they clearly wanted to get that on on ESPN Plus. All the stuff, yeah. so they didn't take that ESPN Plus money. But this brings up the very interesting point that a lot of people are, are, are discussing: is at what point does NBC just say, "Here, here's this check. Let's just what, why what are we what are we doing here? This just here's this check. We own this company now." Yeah, yeah. It won't. It's I mean, not going to happen during Vince's lifetime. Vince will never. I, I, I honestly, I will. I bet my life say that Vince McMahon will never sign that check and say, "Sure, you have the company now." He will never do that. But I'm not certain that the day he dies, that a day later, Stephanie and Triple and those guys aren't signing that check and saying, yeah, sure, have it. Well, there's no reason to do it now because they're so profitable because of all these deals. Right. Here, here's – look, they're bulletproof for the next half decade. That's the point. If the world – look, five years is an eternity. Jesus Christ, who knows what's going to happen in five it, years. <laughs> if enough changes in five years to where, like I said, it's survival of the fittest – Everyone overpaid for content. There's only one or two survivors, and then you don't have someone to bail you out anymore. Uh, they can, you know, maybe the television rights fees go down. Maybe nobody wants to pay for the WWE network if Peacock doesn't work out. Um, you know, at that point, then you could say, okay, maybe the play to get out from under all of this now is to just sell the whole fucking company. But there's no reason to do that now. Without they're they're more profitable than they've ever been. Yeah, and his job so, just got a lot easier. If, if we're being honest, yeah. his job just got a thousand times easier because he doesn't have to stress or worry about selling network subscriptions. He's done with that. Now he can go right. do tell his stories, and it really doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it really at no really point it, it, it matters matter. so much less than it did seven years ago, and it matters so so much less than it did fifteen twenty years ago. I mean, it is it is. He, he he's Teflon at this point. It is whatever. The show can yeah. just be whatever he wants it to be. And he unless, is terrible as, yeah. yeah, and unless Peacock has something that says, oh, we need X amount of growth or whatever. But like I said, I don't think they can even really bake all that much into a contract because how can you prove that Vince is the reason that, you know, you have subscribed? I think at the end of the day, they just want content. Hey, can you provide us content? Yes, I can. Good. Perfect. How much can you give us? Yeah. We can give you 15 hours a week of first run content and a bunch of a retro. Okay, cool. That's fine. Whatever. We don't care. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because now they can't prove who's signing up for Peacock for WWE. Right. There, there's no way of knowing that now. So, um, yeah, I mean, I so I don't, I don't, I don't see them selling. I don't see any reason to sell. Uh, at least until these deals are up and we see what the lay of the land looks like at that point. Uh, 
but yeah, the, 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 the product itself can continue to be horrendous and actually be worse. It does not matter, which is why you and I have completely lost interest in breaking down WWE booking. What am I breaking down? Like, what's the point? Why, why should I put any effort in trying to figure out if this direction is good or bad when none of it affects the bottom line or their, or their business? So why am I wasting my time? So, I mean, I come on here and tell you what's entertain, but the problem is nothing in the company is entertaining either. So I can't even attack it from that perspective. It's all just horrendously bad. Mm-hmm. And there's no point in breaking it down. And there's going to be less point. Yeah. <laughs> and now there's going to be even less point. Yeah. That's there, right. it, it really is becoming irrelevant. Yeah. It's, it, like I said, it's no longer a wrestling company. It just isn't. It's a con. Yeah. It, it, it's a production company that does and that makes fans, pro wrestling. And without fans, it's Vince's dream. Now mm-hmm. he's literally just doing a television show with bad acting and his stories that he thinks are great but are running everybody off. Um, it's it's his dream because he can control the. Re- it's like having the fake laugh track studio audience on a sitcom is what he has now because a wrestler comes out and someone in the back presses the baby face or heel button and then the crowd either goes hey or they go boo and he's in complete control of it now Mm -hmm. which is his dream because he he lost the ability to control crowds over the last half decade because he tells because he's such a terrible wrestling promoter with horrible ideas he lost that. He had that ability for many years. He lost that ability. Now he has it back artificially. So, like you're saying, why go back? Give the audience the the tell the exact story you want to the audience without those pesky fans forcing change or getting in the way. Now he doesn't have to deal with that. He doesn't have to deal with people booing his baby faces or cheering the wrong guy that I don't want to push yet. He doesn't have to deal with any of that. They even do lesser cheers for the lesser stars yeah. now. Oh, yeah, it's that. awesome. There's levels to it. I love it. It's babyface, yeah. main eventer, upper mid-card, mid-card, low mid. It's like, yeah, Ricochet yeah. gets like, uh, then Drew McIntyre gets like, yeah. It's just like. Yeah. It's just it's total. It's, it's so just, ridiculous. It's not wrestling anymore. It's just no. a fucking, it's a television show. Like, the best description of Raw I ever heard is it's a television show about a television show that's about a television show about wrestling. (laughs) And when you think about it, it makes sense when you break down all those steps. Like, that's what Raw is. You know what I mean? Um, It's like the behind the scenes of a television show that makes a wrestling show about wrestling (laughs) is what Raw is. It's It's not wrestling, you know? So anyway, that's the Peacock deal. I think we crushed that. That was tremendous audio. I love patting myself on the back before the show's even over. Yeah, I mean, we have, yeah you, you close out the segment by saying that was a great segment. I love it. Great, great. You're I mean, not could, getting better. Listen, you're not getting better Peacock Deal audio than that. That was pretty I, damn I, good. That was, what, an hour or so of, 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 of intense it, Peacock Deal yeah. discussions. So. And it was all on point and it's tremendous. All facts. It's all facts you can look up and are real and are real talking points and not the bullshit you're going to hear on Twitter and Reddit from a bunch of dorks that say, yeah. look at the, the, the financials. Okay, I'm looking at him, pal. What are you looking at? Like, yeah. Don't try to yeah. fucking financial explain. Like, look, dude, I, don't bury or explain me. I got it, dude. I know what yeah. I'm doing here. <laughs> like, you don't thirst and explain me. Yes, I right. thirst and explain you. I've been reading these okay. things when you were still in fucking high school, pal. So, all right, to chill. Yeah. Like, Hit the bricks, okay? Yeah. That was great audio. I've listened to all of Meltzer's audio, and we blew his away. I mean, that was tremendous in-depth. All of his audio that he's ever done? Audio. Or just the Peacock audio? Uh, maybe both, Maybe. unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that was a tremendous piece of audio, I got to tell you. You know? Um, 
man, we did a great job there. That was that was really good. Well, let's let's uh, make some that, money what here. What can we do terrible? What can we do? Yeah, well, we have oh, a lot to do terrible, bad. but we got to make some money here real quick. So okay. I am going to tell you, Joe, that it is the time of year when champions are crowned and legends are born. It is, of course, the NFL playoffs, and of course, next weekend is. The big game. I don't know. They, they don't tell us what to say here, but I'm going to call it the big. Is that the? Do we want to call it the big one? The big game? The big. We we can't call it what it's called in the ad read. We can't do that. Yeah, like so I'm not what, even doing it. Like they're because they're not allowed to use that verb. Exactly. So what are we going to call it? The big one. The big game. Big, uh, well, Super listen. Sunday is what some people do. You know this. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't even know if you could say Super Sunday. Honestly, they might, might have gotten shopping. that. They might have gotten yeah. that as well. Yeah. So, so uh, a superb Sunday. There'll be a big game on a superbly Sunday day soon, yes. and uh, that is a great time to bet. You've waited and watched all year as your team. Unfortunately, it's fucking Tom Brady's team <laughs> rose to the top or fell to the bottom, and now it is your turn to win big. You've heard the name just about everywhere. My bookie. They're the industry's leading online sports book and casino. And it is not hard to understand why with tens and thousands of lines to bet on for all of your favorite sports, NFL, NBA, college basketball, MLB coming right down the pipeline as well. MMA, soccer, they have the latest odds, period. Wrestling Royal is in Rumble. there as well. Royal Rumble odds are in there. Uh, you can take advantage of my bookies, prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw and touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000 by using the promo code VOW when you make your first deposit. Uh, As we said uh, a few weeks ago, the best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit instantly, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, on your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid. You bet, you win, and you get paid at MyBookie. MyBookie.ag, promo code VOW for the big game voting or betting and also uh, Royal Rumble is this weekend too. So you, they have it all and they're ready to go. Uh, do you want me to give you the odds for the uh, super? Uh, uh, oh God, the, uh, the big, the superbly big game on, uh, on, on Super Sunday. The ad read is officially over. Let's just state okay. that. Yes. Um, <laughs> now this is Joe. This is Rich asking Joe if he wants to uh, discuss the, uh, the line here. I love Chiefs minus three and a half. I love it. I loved it at three, and I jumped on it. Oh, they got squares um, on my bookie too, man. All right, there we go. That, okay, sorry. That is it. That is not the, the that is not the read. I'm just genuinely excited that they have squares on my bookie. So there we go. Okay. I knew it would move. It opened at three. I couldn't believe my eyes. I, you know, I was watching that game with my wife, and and uh, when when Tampa put it away, I said, I pro- I think it's going to be six and a half, seven. They looked like Even shit, dude. They looked like garbage. I was watching Brady, that too. Brady, I, like. Brady, Brady looked hard. He was just throwing like the ball into the other team every time I watched. It was just like another interception. I'm like, what are you doing, pal? <laughs> I thought it would be six and a half, seven, and when it opened to three, I jumped on it. It's up to three and a half now. I'm sure it'll go up from there. It's just like people um, don't want to bet against Brady on uh, in the Super Bowl, I guess. Which, well, you know, they think it's a home game and all that. But here, here's it's uh, this is not advice. This is for entertainment purposes only. If you lose your stimulus money on KC minus three and a half, uh, don't blame me. Uh, <laughs> I'll be losing a few bucks too because I really I I love the line. I couldn't believe it. I don't even bet that much anymore, to be honest. Um, I make an occasional play now and then. I do a lot of baseball parlays during baseball season because you know I it, I have a lot of fun with that because I watch all the games anyway. But um, I saw that line. I haven't bet on a single NFL postseason game. I probably haven't made an NFL bet since like week seven. But the line just jumped at me. I didn't like the way Brady played at all, and I think the Chiefs are just by far the best team in football. 
and I don't think Tampa could stop them. So um, I love the line. Yeah, I won't lie. The Chiefs are, are pretty damn good looking. As, as I haven't, I don't watch a ton of football, but I, I so I I watched the beginning of that game, and that's when like the guy fumbled the punt or whatever, and they're down seven zero or whatever. So I go outside to work on something. I come back from the garage, and it's like fucking ten to seven. I'm like, what the hell happened? I was gone for like 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 literally like seven minutes. I can't understand how they already scored and got a field goal, and then I go and do something else. I come back, it's like twenty one ten or something like that, twenty one three or whatever the hell the score yeah. was, and I was just like, Jesus Christ, what the hell happened? And it was a laugher like 10 minutes after that guy you know they were down 7-0 it's unbelievable how good they are so i um i think buffalo is a better team than tampa and they you know i know buffalo fought hard at the end and made things itch but at no point did you feel like the chiefs were going to lose that game once they took the lead and you know then they were up two scores uh the majority of the game and the majority of the second half. i mean and i think buffalo's a better team than tampa i didn't like the way brady played in the second half he played a good first half Second half, Brady looked terrible, and it, it was all of the weaknesses that have been. Now, look, he's a he's a great player. He makes good decisions. We know he's the greatest quarterback of all time. The arm strength is gone. I mean, you look at those three yeah, second half. Frisbees, dude. They're not they're not going anywhere. He just lofts the ball because he has no zip. He, you look at those second half interceptions. One, he had, I believe it was Mike Evans wide open down the seam, and because he has no zip, he just lofted one of those fucking spacecrafts in his general direction the ball deflects off of Evan's fingertips because he almost makes a great grab and right into the chest of the safety I see a lot of people who don't understand what they're watching blaming Evans for that well the ball was overthrown I mean Evans made a Herculean effort just to get his hands on it because and and you could see Brady's reaction when he threw that ball he put his hand in his head he knew Mm -hmm. he overthrew that pass Uh, he threw another pick Um, a blitzer came clean and he panicked, and he just threw this duck up in the air. Uh, yeah, that was the one I noticed. And actually, I, I was listening to some. Uh, um, I think it was Mike Florio was talking about this. And, and again, I, I don't. I don't watch a ton of you know football or whatever. But Florio said that one of the big things that Brady's trying to do is not take hits, obviously, because he's old as fuck and he doesn't want to take any yes. hits. So when he sees a hit's about to come, he just fucking launches the ball in the air. To- and he does, and again. With no power. Right, to preserve his body, and then there's no power on it, so you're going to get stuff like that where he's just like, oh, shit, I don't want to get hit because I'll, I won't play anymore because I'll die because I'm too old. And, and and it ends up in, yeah, just this giant floater that just you know sits out there. And, and, and yeah, so I noticed that one. I was like, oh, boy, that's, that's... Floater is the perfect word. He floats all of his passes. He, um, and, and look, there was a, uh, on the final drive of the game on second and 10, he had somebody wide open on an out pattern where... Any NFL quarterback, this is a, this is like the bare necessities that you, skill that you have to possess as an NFL quarterback is to throw that quick 10-yard out pattern. And if he completes that pass, there's nothing but grass in front of the receiver. He's going to get the first down, probably a lot more, and the game's over. This is the final drive of the game after the Packers kicked the field goal to cut it to five, which was a disaster, too. We could talk about that. <laughs> but... Wide open, and he just throws one of those floaters, and he missed the guy by a mile, threw it way over his head, and that would have sealed the game. And then he got bailed out on the third down play, because this is the play that everybody's talking about. He threw a floater again, a mile over the receiver's head, but Green Bay got called for pass interference. Now, here's the thing with that. There's three different calls you can make there. Defensive holding, pass interference, or illegal contact. They're all different, Okay. The important thing here is they called pass interference. On pass interference, you can wave off that flag for an uncatchable pass. And that's the gripe that Green Bay had. They're like, okay, maybe if you're calling this pass interference, 
The pass was uncatchable. Right, the guy would have to jump 19 feet in the air to get it, so I don't know if that was going to happen. So Brady threw such a horrible pass that it was clearly uncatchable, but the call, they, you know, they talked about it, the call stood. Now, there was clearly a penalty there. To me, that was defensive holding because you could see the guy grabbing the jersey. Okay, I wouldn't have had any problem with defensive holding. Um, it wasn't a legal contact. The legal contact is when it's basically pass interference away from the ball to simplify it. But it was defensive holding. But they called pass interference. And to me, it shouldn't have been pass interference because the ball was overthrown. But again, another example of a floater that Brady threw in the second half of that game. I don't think he threw a – he threw nothing but terrible passes in the second half of that game and survived by the skin of his teeth because LaFleur kicked a field goal from fourth and goal to seven. Now, listen, I understand his thinking. It's before the two-minute warning. He figures he has four timeouts. So you kick the field goal. And what did him kicking that field goal tell you? It told you they had no respect. He didn't think Tom Brady could get a first down. Yeah. He saw the way Tom Brady was playing. It speaks to your point. Yeah, it speaks to your point that – Listen, if that's vintage Tom Brady, do you think they kick a field Hell goal no. in that spot? Hell no. He kicked that field goal because he saw the way Brady was playing. He said, we got a minute 30. This guy's going to, you know, <laughs> we'll stop him on the run. He'll throw two inter- incompletions and we'll, we'll, we'll get the ball back with a minute. You and know. We're gonna get, and, it, and it, it almost worked out because he did throw two incompletions. Yeah. But the, the, <laughs> there was a penalty on the third down play. But, but, you know, you've got Aaron Rodgers. It's fourth and goal from the seven. And he kicks the field goal because he had no respect for Tom Brady, he did not think Tom Brady could get a first down. That's where LaFleur gambled. Now, you got to you gotta be critical of Rodgers because if he would have ran on that third down, on that se- it's a second down or third down play, the, it was a second down or third down play where he had green grass in front of him. I don't think he would have scored, but if Rodgers gains five or six yards on that play and gets it inside the five, LaFleur is going to go for it on fourth down. I don't think he, I think that would have been the difference for him. I think he would have thought, I'm not kicking a field goal from the three, but I'm going to kick one from the seven. And that could have changed the entire game. So I think Rodgers did a poor job on that play. And then he, you know, he threw a terrible incomplete pass into double coverage instead of taking off with the ball. So you got to pin a little bit of it on Rodgers too. So anyway, that's my assessment of the NFC championship game. I think the Chiefs are a far superior team than the Bucs. I, I couldn't believe the line was as low as it was. So if you want to go down with Lanza, okay, I got it at three. <laughs> but you can get it at three and a half. I think it's still three and a half. Right, as, I, as I'm checking right now, uh, as of this recording, it is indeed at three and a half still. So, Yeah, I, don't, you, I talked about I don't like the hook. I don't like the hook at three, seven, ten, or 14. I don't like that. But I got it at three. So um, I think Kansas City will win the game handily. I think they'll win it by double digits. Uh, feel free to go down with me. But um, I feel really good about that line. There you go. So let's. Uh, well, well, speaking of betting, we're, we're, I'm looking at the uh, Royal Rumble lines uh, right now. We actually have a, a piece up at uh, VoiceWrestling.com. Uh, before right you do the well. Rumble yes. lines, before you do the Rumble lines, real quick, me breaking down the 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 uh, NFL playoffs the last couple weeks justifies when I write my Sunday ticket off of my taxes. <laughs> there you go. You can send them to this timestamp. This is now yeah. a work expense. Yes, that's right. Expense it. So congratulations uh, to yes. you for doing that. So uh, men's Rumble, we have a piece up at VoiceWrestling.com from uh, Vince Morales. Uh, who uh, really kind of digs deep into this stuff? So he's got some great insights into these lines and and who looks like favorites. Well, right now uh, on my bookie, at least, you know, he he uses Bet Online. There's there's several other websites as well uh, for Bet Online. Uh, Dan O'Brien is the far and away favorite for the men's rumble. Uh, my bookie has Keith Lee, Dan O'Brien, Biggie, and Brock Lesnar as their uh, top four uh, for the men's rumble. Edge, Goldberg, AJ Styles, and Kevin Owens all 
uh, in the mix uh, there as well. But uh, Keith Lee, Daniel Bryan, Biggie, uh, and Brock, your top guys. As far as the women's rumble, uh, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Alexa Bliss, Ronda Rousey. Uh, are your favorites there. Damn, I was going to do a Rhea Ripley. I was going to put some money on Rhea Ripley. And when I looked a few days ago, she was way high. And I was like, you know what? Because she's com- I think she's coming up to the main roster. Maybe this is a good opportunity. She's getting pretty high there. So I don't know. We'll see about that. But you can still some decent value at, at 370. So um, that I leads us. Love, oh, I would, go ahead. I would, I would love Bianca Belair to win it. I don't understand why she's the favorite, though. I mean, maybe we. I, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't see it. I would love for it to happen. I've been on the Bianca Belair train since the minute she debuted in yeah, NXT. Yeah, oh, she's tremendous. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand that. And on the you gave the men's odds. I think Kevin Owens is a good value. I don't think he'll win, but in gambling, it's all about value. And I'd rather put a couple bucks on Kevin Owens at plus a thousand than Keith Lee at two fifty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just think it's a better value play. Daniel Bryan too at two sixty. I mean, I think Bryan could win, but I don't see a ton of value there. The good thing about betting on the Rumble is it's very similar to betting on golf. You're going to be on the plus side. There's never anybody who's on the minus side of the money. Right. No matter so, who, you, you could pick the chalk pick, and you're probably still going to do okay. You're going to be on the plus side of the money. Right, yeah. Right, right. So that's the one advantage in gi- any any betting that involves a giant field. Right. So that's why I have a friend who does very well betting the golf because he'll spread his money around. He'll do his research and all that and figure out who plays well on certain courses and what you know? Whose game the the course is is indicative is uh, better for, and things like long drivers or tricky uh, greens or whatever. He'll do his research, but you could spread your money around because you're going to be on the plus side of the money no matter who you, you know, no matter who wins. So there's a lot of people who really clean up on golf. I have a friend who's very good at it, um, you know, and and the rumble is very similar in that everybody's on the plus side of the money. So you could actually bet on a couple different people. And if one of them come in, you can still end up on the, you know, what I would do is take a couple of the favorites and then throw a couple bucks on someone like Owens at plus a thousand. Right, right, right. Because then if he comes in, it's going to cover your losses on the other two. Yeah, the women's side, there's a lot of real fun plays there. I, I might I might dive into the women's side a little bit there. You know, like I said, I, I think Ripley's a, a, a good bet there. I think Alexa is a, is a very good bet given how they're pushing her. But then there's some real oddball ones there, like Lana at plus 1500, like, they, you know what I mean? Like they could do that. <laughs> I would not put it past them that Lacey Evans or Lana, you know, wins this thing or whatever. So there's a there's a lot a lot of money that could be had there in that uh, that women's Royal Rumble. But let's talk about the Royal Rumble here uh, very quickly because well, they only have five matches announced as of uh, uh, today. We're recording this obviously before SmackDown. Uh, you got the men's Royal Rumble match, which by the way, Joe. Uh, it is a Royal Rumble match, and I'm not sure if you know the rules, but you need to be thrown over the top rope, not the bottom rope, not the middle rope, over the top rope, and both feet have to hit the floor. So in a hypothetical where I throw you over the top rope, but one of your feet hit the floor, Joe, are you eliminated? I need this explained again. Okay. I'm, not I, sure. I, I'm sorry. I, just, I asked, I, I got you to the I, question I, portion too quickly. Okay. I, Rich, no, I've, only, the, <laughs> I've only been watching Royal Rumbles for 30 plus years. Yeah. I need Michael Cole to explain this in excruciating it's detail. It's a very hard concept to get. So I, I totally understand it. So in that hypothetical yeah. that I gave to you where a man, you, so you and I are in the Royal Rumble and yeah. I throw you by some mean, whatever, clothesline, th- I throw you over the top rope, but say one of your foot hits the floor, one of your feet hits the floor, and then you get back up, yeah. you are still in the Royal Rumble match at that the Royal Rumble. The sh- that would be the Shawn Michaels precedent. Correct. Yes, yes. So, 1995 um, or whatever. 95, yeah. exactly. Two feet have to hit the floor. Both of your feet. Joe have to hit the floor. Say I throw you through the middle rope and both of your feet hit the floor. You are not eliminated in the Royal Rumble match at the Royal Rumble, okay? 
I am not. You're not. You are still in the Royal Rumble match at Royal at Rumble. At the WWE Royal Rumble. Right? Yes. Okay. You got it? I got it. Yeah. Okay. I think so I got people it. will enter at, uh, at, at intervals as well. Um, sometimes it's 90 seconds. Sometimes it's two minutes. Sometimes what if Bill Masterish just does a fly high and cross body off the top? Well, of well, as, as I'm discovering in Rumble Rewind or, or, or mentioning in Rumble Rewind, that, uh, that is used loosely year by year. Sometimes you can be eliminated on your own. Sometimes you can eliminate yourself. Uh, sometimes somebody can run in and eliminate you, and sometimes they can't. So uh, that is not consistent, but both feet have to hit the floor, Joe. I, I can tell you that much. So. I think the wrestlers just forget sometimes. And yes. They jump over the top. And yeah, then, Macho Man definitely. Yeah. There was the one year where he was chasing yeah. Jake the Snake Roberts and jumped over, and they were just like, Gorilla's like, oh, no, he didn't get eliminated. Are you kidding? No, he, yeah. he's back in there. He didn't get thrown over the top rope, even though, like, you know, so, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's 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 perfect. And then, yeah, one year, Vader <laughs> ran in and threw everybody out, and they were just like, ah, whatever, get back in the ring. He's out of the, <laughs> the match, so. Remember um, that pay-per-view where Dean Malenko accidentally slid out of the ring when the stipulation was you couldn't leave the ring? Yes, yeah, that was a late back. WCW. Uh, maybe yeah. his la- it might have been, maybe been his last pay-per-view. Now that I think about it, but yeah, it yeah. was like an old-school rules match or something with Billy Kidman, and he just slid out. And Charles Robinson's like, ah, dude, <laughs> you can't do that. You can see, gotta ring the bell. You see yeah. Dean looking, and he's just like, oh no, you're not gonna ring the bell. And he's like, I have to. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. It's so a Dean went. You know what? I'm good. I'll, I'll see you guys on the other side. So, was he the heel at least? Um, I hope he was the heel at that time. He, ooh, who knows though, right? I don't know. Think- it was. It was. It, I think it, it wasn't. It was late Russo, early. You know, because well, I, I think it's right when the Russo power shift happened for the first time. Um, was he in the Revolution at that? I think he was the heel. I think he was in the Revolution at that time. So, and at least it's plausible that it ended in two minutes. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm pretty sure it was the heel, but I, I, I don't actually uh, recall. But anyway, all right. Men's Royal Rumble match, 30-man for the uh, World Championship at WrestleMania, 37 WrestleMania Pirate Ship. Uh, Daniel Bryan, Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Otis, The Miz, Jey Uso, Cesaro, Jeff Hardy, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, Shinsuke Nakamura, Big E, John Morrison, Sheamus, Mustafa Ali, and Edge. I have no feel for this. No idea. Um, I think Edge is probably a good play. What about, you know. You can't rule out the Fiend, man. (laughs) I don't know what they're doing with the Fiend, but God. How about this for value? How about the Miz at plus (laughs) 3,300? That's not bad. It's not impossible, right? I mean, it's the Miz. He could win it and then lose it at, you know, fast lane or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. I don't know. They don't even put Cesaro on these things. That's they, like he doesn't even. You can't even. Oh yeah, he's not on the pets at all. No. Uh, Hulk Hogan yeah, is, but Cesaro is not. Yeah, yeah, Vince McMahon is on there, but Cesaro's. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have no feel for this whatsoever. No, what do you think? I really you? don't know. Who cares? Uh, who knows? And yeah. it doesn't matter. No. So whatever. <laughs> the fiend will burn everybody alive or something like that, dude. That, that is un- unfortunately the WWE has gotten to the point now where you know so I'm in multiple Royal Rumble betting pools, and uh, the question has been asked multiple times: What happens if the fiend does X? And then, like people bring up a very odd fiend scenario that's not implausible. You know what I mean? They're like, what if the fiend yeah. enters the women's Royal Rumble as Alexa Bliss? And I'm like, all right, I mean that's not implausible. Like that could happen or what if well, you know the fiend is number 30 and then the ring just engulfs in flames and everybody dies and i'm like well yeah. i mean again that's not uh, that's not an unrealistic question to ask so you win the pool and you get to take home the leftover pizza yes. that's what happens yeah and, and we never you never come um, over and watch wrestling again so um wear your mask please yes. but uh 
it's uh, yeah. I mean, if you saw the end of Raw, I mean, that's the story now. Alexa Bliss is the fiend. Yes. Like, what are we doing? Like, it's supposed to be a wrestling podcast. Like, did you ever think you'd be breaking down wrestling this bad and just no? no. I mean, we hand waved Lucha Underground for this shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is the fiend. Like, he. The idea is he is now has possessed her body. The fiend is dead, but his soul has possessed Alexa Bliss, who he also wants to fuck. Yes, who's a girl, uh, a, a child for some reason. So, yes, who is also now a child. Yes, correct. The lights went off briefly. They came on, and she was on a rocking horse. Then the lights went off, and her old music played, and she was the old Alexa Bliss in tears. Knowing that she is now possessed. <laughs> who enjoys this? Yeah, who is... Well, I, I know who, but yeah. It, it... No one. Well, the Reddit mutants. They, yeah, the, some of the Reddit mutants, which is is is, is The lore. It has a lot of lore. It does have lore. lore. <laughs> it definitely does have the lore. The fiend's lore. Is it canon, Joe? <laughs> is it, is it... People who enjoy the lore of the fiend try to thirst and splain us on the peacock Yes. Deal. Think about that. That that's that's terrifying, and we waste our time arguing with them. So, um, I don't know. I, I have no feel for this at all. Zero feel. You're yeah. right. The fiend could win either one of them, <laughs> both of them. I don't know because Randy Orton in his destroyer mask is in the men's one. Mm-hmm. So they're giving away the number thirties. So now I guess 29 is the di- number of disappointment. Because <laughs> how often does 30 deliver? I mean... Never. Very rare, right? Yeah, Cena, oh, yeah, right? It go, yeah. Cena's about the only one. Otherwise, it's and an classic, like, Gorilla Monsoon, have to, you know, know it all. <laughs> Back in the day, it'd be like, you know, Bobby Heenan would be like, well, who's coming out next? I can't wait to see it. He's like, well, it's Warlord. We know it's Warlord. <laughs> it's like, yeah, all right, Gorilla, like, let's just yeah. let it, like, we got 20 <laughs> seconds left to go. Let's just let him come out and say, oh, it's the Warlord. But he'd be like, there's nobody left. Who else would it be, Bobby? And he's like, all right, fine. I was trying <laughs> trying to get some sort of injury going here, but you're right. It's the yeah. Warlord. Then the buzzer goes off and it's the Warlord. And Gorilla goes, see? It's the Warlord. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Gorilla. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> 30 was always a jabron in the old days. It was. Like, the 30 thing didn't become a thing until later on. Yeah, I, mean, like, I, can, always... I can give you all the 30s. You want all the 30s right now in history? Let's do all the, let's do all the 30s. Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. You can hear most of this other well, you can. Well, it's the 20 in 1988. And True, in some right. years, it's the 40. Well, the one, the one, I think it was, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm only, I'm not, I'm gonna go and give you the 30s because it's gonna be too hard to give you all the others. So that's, <laughs> 88. It's gonna be hard. To, oh, fuck it. All right, you want 88? You get fucking 88. Here you go. All right, here, fucking 88. One man gang. The 20. I believe it was right. Was it one man? It was Jim Duggan. Jim Duggan Jim was Duggan. here. Oh no no no! Sorry sorry sorry! It was not Jim Duggan. He won the junkyard dog. Was oh. your uh, number 20? Oh, he was twenty. Huh? Was Where 20. was one man gang? I know it was at the end. He of the match. was nineteen, so you were close. Nineteen. You close there, I've yeah. watched that match. Did you, <laughs> here's a fact for you. Do you want a fact? I've watched that match more than any other match in wrestling history. Did you have like an old tape as a kid that you just would had it on a tape and watch it every day after school? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's not yeah. good at all. Like it was a pretty bad. No, I loved it then though. Like, yeah, oh for sure. It was, a, it was a new concept, and you know. A big Jake Roberts fan. He had a nice run in the middle of that match. So, yeah. 
that has the uh, bench press, Dino Bravo bench press record. <laughs> yes, it does. My least yes. favorite segment in wrestling history. Yeah. We got to measure the bar. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know if that's exactly the way. Yeah, it's okay, Jesse. We can. All right. Uh, yeah. Ted DiBiase in uh, number. Uh, well, that, that's not. But he bought that one. Remember, he bought that one with cash. Uh, yes. 1989, which is a fantastic angle uh, as well. Yeah. Ted DiBiase buys the number 30. Uh, 1990, Mr. Perfect. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, 91, Tugboat. So, yeah, you get a lot of guys like that. Yeah, 1992, uh, The Warlord, which, again, that was the one that I, I always remember. Yeah. Uh, okay, 93, Randy Savage. That's a pretty good one. He made it to the final. He's a runner-up yeah. in that one. Yokozuna. Uh, Yes, yeah, Yokozuna won that one. 94 was Adam Bomb, which... Uh, I, Savage I, tried to pin him. Yes, he Yoko did an elbow drop and tried to pin him, and then Yokozuna lifted him up and <laughs> tossed him over the top rope. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible finish. A horrendous finish. Yeah. Uh, Adam Bomb was your number uh, 30 in 1994, which I, I covered on the uh, Rumble Rewind, and the best part Adam about that is Vince McMahon goes, well, who? Adam Bomb is going to win, and he was out 20. <laughs> he was out right away in four minutes. He yeah. was out. Yeah. yeah, but Vince is like, "Well, you had a Bob's clearly got to win this match." Like, are you kidding? So, well, the announcers love to pick like the biggest guy yeah, left, yeah, yeah. you know, which is fine. I mean, you don't want to Vince, you don't want to Vince, uh, Vic Venom it the thing up uh, where you give away the winner. So, uh, Vic a lot Venom, of dorks. right? Yeah, Vic, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, a few dorks here. Nineteen ninety-five Crush, uh, nineteen ninety-six Duke the Dumpster Drossy, which he won. Uh, by the way, also covered yeah. the ninety-six Rumble. He won it in a uh, free for all match against Triple H. So. Hunter Hearst Helmsley yes. to you. Uh-huh. 1997, The Undertaker came in number 30. That's, that's a pretty good draw. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, 98, Vader, but he was shit at that point. That was, that was fat, bad Vader. Uh, but was he meant to be shit? I don't think he was meant to be shit. What, was he meant to be shit by 98? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By 98, he was. He wasn't booked well, right? No, yeah. no. By that point, they already, yeah. That's, that's literally where I think a month later he had that promo where he goes, ah, I'm nothing but a fat piece of shit. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, He's coming out of the ring and they're like, oh, Vader, what do you think about the loss? He goes, ah, f- who cares? I'm nothing but a fat piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Great I'm going go, to go walk, waltz over to All Japan. Oh, they like me there. So, and they yeah. did. Uh, 1999 China. She won this in the corporate rumble. I remember. So, yeah. Uh, X Pac was here 2030. So, 99 is a terrible rumble. That is the far and away. I always say that every Royal Rumble is like okay. The baseline of a Royal Rumble is okay. Yeah. 1999 is utter shit. That is a fucking it's deplorable terrible. Royal Rumble. Yeah. Ha- the two guys are outside of the ring for an hour plus. It's just a mm-hmm. parade of dorks. It's so bad. It's so bad. Overbooked mess. Yeah. Parade of dorks in black gear. <laughs> yeah, it just Viscera gets abducted midway through the match. Kane gets abducted by orderlies and sent to a lake. It's so ridiculous. An ambulance arrives because Stone Cold Steve Austin got laid out and then taken to the, uh, the a local medical facility and then returned from the local medical facility in the time span of a Royal Rumble. It's so fucking terrible. People pine for the attitude. Yeah, right? it's garbage. It's so bad. So bad. All right. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quickly go through these because yeah. this uh, this is gonna take forever. Uh, 2001 Rikishi, 2002 Booker T. Now you start getting it. All right, by 2002 2003 they realize the importance of number 30 because 2003 is the Undertaker, 2004 is Goldberg, 2005 is Ric Flair. This is big difference than Crush and Duke the Dumpster Drossy. You know what I mean? 2007 uh, Undertaker, 2008 the big one John Cena, uh, 2009 Big Show, 2010 Batista. Yeah, we're in we're in rarefied area yeah. here. Um. 2011 is let me I gotta get the I gotta get a 40 here for that one. About who that was? Uh, that was Kane. So again, a, a decent one there. Uh, Big Show in 2012, The Ryback in 2013, <laughs> 2014. That episode coming this weekend of the Rumble Rewind. Ray Mysterio Jr. <laughs> That's a famous number 30. 
maybe yeah. the most famous of the number 30s is the crowd is yes they're saving Daniel Bryan for number 30 we can't wait yeah mm-hmm. five four three two one near how do you get people to boo Rey Mysterio that's yeah, how you, get you do that oh my god what a great match I can't wait to review that one again uh 2015 Dolph Ziggler 16 Triple H who ended up winning the Rumble as well oh god I forgot he won one that recently <laughs> yeah yeah. He had the great match of the Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. How could you forget? You know why? Because he had never won one, right? No, no. Yeah, he oh, never did. So he had to get that on his resume. 2017 Roman, 2018 Dolph, 2019 Nia Jax, remember? In the men's Rumble. And then, oh, yeah. Then last Dolph. year was, was Seth Rollins. So There you go. That's much more interesting than the rest of this Royal Rumble. The women's Royal Rumble match, Joe, same rules. Uh, over the top rope, both feet have to hit the floor. Uh, in the Royal Rumble match, uh, Nia Jax, Charlotte, Bianca Belair, Bailey, Mandy Rose, Dana, Peyton Royce, Alexa Bliss, Shayna Baszler, Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, and Tamina. Yes, Tamina Snuka is there. Don't worry. So we got oh, 12 yeah. of 30 announced right now. So get excited. Get into it. Mystery Vortex Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah. Will it be Tori Wilson? We'll find out. <laughs> probably. <laughs> will Kelly Kelly come again? Yeah, probably. That's... Yeah. So I guess some NXT people will probably be there as well. So enjoy Aaliyah. <laughs> would they? Would you think they would trust Aaliyah in a Royal Rumble? Ugh. <laughs> She's been at the Performance Center since I looked at her first match in the Performance Center. It was 2015, like early 2015. She's <laughs> awful. Maybe it's time to find a new career. You know. Yeah. Find something I mean, else. To she do. could be a manager, maybe, but. Yeah. Um, Shotzi Blackheart will be in it. She'll drive that tank. Oh, for anywhere. sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Triple H loves some Shotzi Blackheart. Oh, yeah, he does. He wants to bang so bad, but he can't admit it because Stephanie will be upset. Yeah, sure, sure. He yeah, he's he jokingly like mentions, you know, he, he he wants to bang so bad. You know, that's right up his alley. Oh, like he he yeah. loves the Shotzi Blackheart. Yeah, she wears yeah. like yeah, she looks like she would go to a Motorhead concert with him, which is a yep. you know number one thing that he probably wants is will you attend a Motorhead concert with me? Yes. Uh, yeah, the, the lipstick, the 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 hair, the just the whole the whole package is, is right Stephanie up. Stephanie will go to the Motorhead concert, but be the obvious poser in the in the crowd. Right, right, like, right. Like pretending she's enjoying herself and maybe even really having a good time, but in the wrong ways. And he and he has to be polite. But Shotzi Blackheart would go to the Motorhead concert and be Yeah, howling uh, all over the all, all night for sure. So Absolutely. Yeah. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, ah, hey, look at some random cards or whatever, but if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, 
almost nothing, you know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard-to-recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Here's your Women's Royal Rumble preview. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Triple H wants to bang Shotzi Black. Yeah, uh, I mean, as far as that match, I, dude, you're like, Bianca Belair is good. Rhea Ripley is is, is one that I, I think is a pretty, because she's obviously been taken off of NXT, and I think the next step for her uh, is main roster. Alexa, because she is the Fiend, is obviously a great pick. Yeah. Because she has the power of the Fiend and, and can apparently uh, uh, transport. So that being able to transport and survive like being set on fire is, I think, really good uh, keys. Uh, to winning uh, a Royal Rumble. So, uh, what are the other matches on this fucking show? Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens in a last man standing match. Great. Yes. I can't wait for slow Roman Reigns to have a match where people slowly count numbers. Uh, God, I can't wait for. Reigns is a heavy favorite, but I mean, three. Someone... <laughs> he can't keep beating everybody, right? I, I mean, yes, he can. He's beating Kevin Owens, right? Yeah, Four! <laughs> As Roman goes, you're not going to get up. Just acknowledge me, Kevin. <laughs> Six! Like, acknowledge me on the head yeah. of the table. Seven. I'm putting food on the table. I'm putting food on the table. Hey! Yeah. God. <laughs> the Uso will get involved. Nine! Oh, no, he's up. Yeah. Perfectly legal call when the Uso gets involved. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Kevin Owens perfectly knew when he was coming call. into this match. This is a last man standing match. All <laughs> perfectly legal call. Nothing the referee can do about it. It's perfectly legal call. <laughs> yeah. As the Uso interferes. Uh, yes. Oh, 
God, why are they doing a last man standing match? Anyway, uh, Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg for the WWE Championship. This one, I got my eye on. They, they're they all in on Goldberg, but boy. Or they're all in on Drew, you know, but they're all in on Drew, but man. Drew seems like a nice guy, but fuck Drew. I'm rooting for Goldberg. There it is. Chaos. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. I enjoy Goldberg and his simplicity. He's in, he's out. You know, him beating The Fiend, that was just tremendous stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. It riled up all the belt mutants. <laughs> so from that perspective, it was great, too. Um, that's the part of, that's Fiend lore that they leave out. They don't oh, the part that. where he got just destroyed by a, a 50-year-old man with a gray beard? <laughs> he's like your, he's he like can the, teleport the... and murder people, but God, he's no match for the jackhammer, though. That's like... No, yeah, that's like that's like your uncle who's doing time for murder that no one talks about. We don't talk about Goldberg versus the Fiend on Reddit. We don't do that. Yeah, the Belt Mutants. Something happened talk. in April of 2020, but we yeah. don't we don't remember what happened exactly. <laughs> right. But then he killed Braun Strowman in a in a swamp, and and then he beat uh, John Cena. So all part of the lore. But Goldberg beating him, not part of the or lore. whenever he beat him, it wasn't in April. Whenever the hell he beat him, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Who cares? Um. So anyway, yeah, I'm in for, I'm I'm kind of interested in that match because yeah, you can never ever bet against Goldberg in this company. So uh, no, no, uh, be interested to see what they do there. And then you have for the uh, women's tag team titles, Oscar and Charlotte Flair uh, versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. So two teams of people that don't really get along that aren't quite yes. sure whether, where they stand. With well, their they're teammates, WWE so. tag teams, so they <laughs> so. obviously don't get along. That's it's just a, that's how it works. So so someone um, will turn on somebody, and then maybe it'll matter, but. Probably not. So, all right, that is Royal Rumble twenty twenty one. Um, all right, we're doing it officially, right? We're we're gonna do an instant reaction yeah. show. Okay, so immediately following now that, Royal now Rumble. That, now, that, now that you're all jazzed up, and excited <laughs> for that, we got you salivating for this show. Yeah, and you can Rich tell that we are excited help. about it. I mean, we we have proven to you how excited we are about the Royal Rumble this weekend. So you you are frothing at the mouth to hear us cover this again. So uh, we are going to uh, uh, do an instant reaction on uh, on Sunday night after the Royal Rumble. Unless it's like Live so, well, if it's so terrible, it'll be good audio. But I don't know. There's, yeah. I suppose there's something they could do that would make us not want to do it anymore. But I don't know. We'll this will be live instant reaction, $10 tier. Yes. We always get the question. If it's live, $10 tier. Everything else, $5 tier. There you go. So. All right, uh, real quickly before we get uh, to our next topic, I want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have here on the Voices Wrestling flagship podcast, Upstart. So now if you have multiple credit cards, you know that tracking multiple balances, due dates, website logins, all that stuff can be very stressful, but thankfully Upstart makes things simple. With one monthly payment in one single place, Upstart is the fast and easy way to get a personal loan to pay off your debt all online, whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over a half million people have used Upstart to get simple, fixed monthly payments. Upstart finds smarter rates with trusted partner or with trusted partners because they assess more than just your credit score. All they do is a five-minute online rate check, so you can see your rate upfront for loans from one thousand to fifty thousand dollars. You can get approved the same day and receive funds as fast as one business day. If debt is taking over your life, it's time to get a fresh start with Upstart. So you can find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today. Go to upstart.com slash VOW. Again, that's upstart.com slash VOW. Don't forget to use that URL if you're going to go to Upstart, upstart.com slash VOW. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, 
and certain other information provided in your loan application. Once again, that's upstart.com slash VOW. So there we go. Superstar Spectacle. Did you watch this show? Yes. It was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was like... You okay. are such a huge fan of the Superstar Spectacle. I am. Okay. It's, okay. And, and I, I just want to I, I preface by saying the wrestling was not good. The uh, Indian, it was okay. It was yeah, fine. It was okay. okay, so here's the super. If you did not watch the Superstar Spectacle, which based off our Twitter uh, traffic and, and and overall traffic, not many of you did. What I will say is, it was the thing about the Superstar Spectacle is, of course, that it's WWE's you know Indian based thing. They did it during Republic Day. They're trying to really hit that Indian market or whatever, and that's what it is. It, it, it's a show with you know Indian fans in the Thunderdome. It's it's geared towards Indian fans. It features Indian wrestlers in the Performance Center and all that sort of stuff. I will say the thing that I loved about this is the simplicity of the show and how it was. It, it, it reminded me, obviously on the low end, of course, and not nearly the, the, the great matches that we saw from that, but it reminds me of the Cruiserweight Classic, which was, the, to me, the best thing that WWE has done in, in, in a decade, basically, was the Cruiserweight Classic, and, and, and I'll, I'll explain a little bit why. And the first ever NXT UK tournament, remember that one? Yes, the one that where, where they did the one day tournament or whatever. Tyler Bate wins Pete the title. Dunn yeah, Pete and Tyler Bate. Yeah. yeah, it was it was awesome stuff. Well, yeah. the reason why is when they have these simple shows, what they have to do is instead of just kind of having a guy come out and they kind of explain it in the ring, they do these promo packages where you learn about these guys. You don't they they know that you don't know who Guru Raj is at all. You don't know who you know Indusheer, the tag team Indusheer, who they are. So they give you promo packages with these guys. But instead of WWEifying it, and this guy's possessed by the devil, and this guy is, you know, it can 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 make fire. It's just these guys' stories. It's Guru Raj says, I almost got hit by a fucking tractor when I was a kid. I almost died. And then a bunch of cows ran me over and I nearly died again. And I always All wanted true. to wrestle. All yeah, true, by the way. Right. That's like I said it during the Cruiserweight Classic. I said it during NXT UK, and I'll say it during during this thing. The best stories you can tell are these people's stories. Every wrestler has a story to tell. We talked about it when the Cruiserweight Classic, I remember talking about Rich Swan. Rich Swan said, I grew up on the streets, I was homeless, and I wrestle every day to, to never have to go back to living on the streets again. The end. In 30 seconds, I get Rich Swan's motivations, and I want that guy to win. Because I knew. Yeah. Rich Swan, wasn't was that TJP who was homeless and Rich Swan who had uh, his mother died or something? No, I think Rich Swan, I think his, his, his mother died and I think he was, I think he was homeless. I, 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 so a lot of homeless people. I guess, but that's a good motivation. I guess that's good motivation. Maybe it was just Rich Swan's parents dying, but whatever. <laughs> Maybe I mixed that up. But every guy had their motivations and all they were were like their real motivations. You know? Yeah. And that's what you got in this one. Jeet, Jeet Rama was just like, hey, I love wrestling, and, and I tried out, and, and they gave me, they finally gave me this thing, and I, I was crying when, when I finally was able to achieve this dream or whatever, and I wanted to do this for my parents. Or, or I, I think it was uh, Dilshur Shanky or whatever said my parents died, and like it was always like I told them I was going to be a, a wrestler one day, and then they said, oh, we'll always follow your dreams, and now I'm here. I followed my dream. You know, what I mean, like this stuff's incredible. Inda Sheer is like, you know, Rinku is, hey, I, I was, you know, the first major league baseball player from India ever. I got to double A. It didn't really work out, but now I'm on to my next career. And I'm going to prove that I'm one of the greatest athletes that India has ever, you know, had. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you need. And that's what this show, that's why I love the show is they had those promo packages and I was into these guys immediately. 
And it was these guys versus established WWE wrestlers. So it's Finn Balor versus Guru Raj. It's 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 AJ Styles versus Jeet Rama. It's uh well we'll talk about the the woman. She's a little lo- more loose than some of these other guys. Uh, uh, uh Serena uh, Sandu or whatever uh, I, I think it was her name. Serena Sandu uh, was her name. Yeah, her her story is a little more loose than, than these other guys. But um it, it's cool because it was like hey here's this guy's story. Here's why here's his motivation. Here's why he's in WWE and now here he is against an established wrestler. And then they did. Pretty basic matches. There wasn't interference. There wasn't a lot of bullshit. They were seven or eight minutes or whatever. They got in there, and pretty much every single time, the 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 you know the Indian guy would get a little bit of a run, feel like he almost has it, and the WWE guy would put him away because he should. The WWE guy should be better at wrestling than Guru Raj. Finn Balor should beat Guru Raj, and he did, and that was it. And then he gave himself a handshake, and they said, "Guru Raj, incredible! Oh my god, what a great story!" And it was over. And it was like such a a good feeling WWE show. There wasn't a ton of heat. It was just, here are, are, are a bunch of people you've maybe never heard of before, maybe never seen before. Here's their stories. Here's why you should care about them. And now here they are in a little match. And that's what wrestling was for years, years and years and years and years, until we decided it had to be a variety show and something for everybody. It was just this. And that, that's what I liked about the show. I mean, yeah, the wrestling wasn't great, but it was like, this is cool. This is fun. This is for two hours. I got to, you know, have fun and, 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 and experience, you know, first time people doing their, living out their dream here in, in, in a wrestling ring. And that was cool. So I enjoyed it from that aspect. Which one was possessed by a dirty swamp wizard? Uh, that I believe was giant Sanjir was, was the one that was possessed by a giant swamp wizard. Yeah. Dirty swamp wizard. Yeah. Um, no, I enjoy it. Look, these are always the best things that they produce for my sensibilities as a fan. Mm -hmm. You know, a simple, straightforward, um, I love how the high-flying wrestler, the only time he left his feet was for, like, a state-of-the-art in 1985 flying high cross <laughs> I know, Jeet Rama, yeah. I love that, because yeah. he did it against AJ Styles. And, oh, my God, Michael Cole and Corey Graves are like, Jeet Rama to the air! Across bodies! <laughs> and was the like, guy who wrestled Balor. The guy who wrestled Oh, Guru Balor. Raj. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, it was Guru Raj that did it. And it, did yeah. a, it was a good-looking cross-body, but, yeah, we're, like, we're past the cross-body being really, like, a... You know. First... The first ever Indian high flyer, you know, but uh, nah, that talent all looked well enough. The two giants were in there teaming with Ricochet and Rey Mysterio. Um, if this was another they, era, both those guys would be on the main roster, like at the Royal Rumble, right? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Especially the guy who wasn't wearing the uh, T-shirt. Like, uh, that was he, Giant Zanjir, I believe, that wasn't wearing the T-shirt, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, um, and, and you notice they put like the best wrestlers on the roster in there with these guys. It was Cesaro and AJ Styles and Finn Balor and Rey Mysterio and Ricochet. Like uh, they really made sure that these guys were comfortable and in there with some of the best wrestlers oh, pros, in the company. Pros. Yeah. You know, so uh, that was clearly by design. It was fun. It was light. It was enjoyable. The personality packages rule. Yeah, San, sorry, not to interrupt, but Sanjir was the guy with like the uh, who, who was with the no shirt and the beard, and yeah, that dude would be in the Royal Rumble, and they there'd be eight guys trying to eliminate him. If this is another era, Vince would see that, and that dude would be in the Royal Rumble, and nine people would be trying to eliminate him. While Michael Cole screams, "How are they going to eliminate this giant Sanjir?" Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it would rule, by the way. <laughs> it's just the, the rule of thumb is the further Vince McMahon is removed from something, yeah. the better it is. You know. Because he sucks. Because Vince sucks. I just want to stress that again. Vince sucks. Um, but yeah, you know, the further you, he's removed, the better something is when it comes to this company. He gets involved. It's all, you know, terrible storytelling. Which hasn't been good in many, many years 
in that environment. Mm-hmm. I, I liked w- w- one cool thing about this, the, the intro package they did as well, where they went back to, you know, when, when WF went to India back in like 1997 or whatever. And it was kind of like, it was really cool. Like I felt like really, really into it. I was, that, that helped. I mean, that was a tremendous video when they have, you know, Bret Hart there in front of India and ever, all these, you know, kids are chanting Bret Hart, Bret Hart, Bret Hart. And like, it's just super cool. And they go back to it. And of course they found footage of Triple H in India. Cause of course they'd find you know, whatever footage they could find of Triple H in India. But then like, yeah, you see just like, how you know, all these fans really like WWE, and then the you know the great Kali and how important he was, and and then yeah, it, it it goes into this show then when yeah you you see these people's stories and why they wanted to become wrestlers, and you know maybe they didn't always want to become wrestlers, but if they became wrestlers down the line, or they kind of worked their way into this, or you know some of these guys are in Bollywood and they they found a way to get into wrestling that way. It's just like it was super cool because yeah, like you said, if Vince doesn't have his hands on it, like he didn't have for the Cruiserweight Classic, he didn't have for NXT UK, he does, didn't have for the early days of NXT. A lot of the stuff is just super relatable because how how do you not get into these guys' stories? I mean, how do you not get into Jeet Rama's story? How do you not get into into Sheer? I mean, it's it's cool. Like you immediately buy in because they're real human beings with real emotions and and, and real motivations. So yeah, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I think Sanjay Dutt has a hand in it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which is good. So um, I will say one thing though. Um, WWE Performance Center. If this is kind of the you know result of of, of that thing uh it, uh performance center fucking stinks because these guys i mean oh. they they were not very good i mean i'll be honest like that there wasn't one guy that i was like maybe the industry sheer because i've but and those guys are way ahead of you know they're actual real athletes as well and they're yeah. they've been on nxt and all that sort of stuff they're the only people that i saw that really felt like they had any sort of chance uh guru raj i mean nice story but i don't think guru raj has ever that match was just very simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kept it, and you could tell they kept things very simple. Jeet Rama was basically selling, you know, for half the match against AJ Styles. The Giants are the Giants. It's whatever. And then, uh, you know, Serena was, uh, well, you know, and she's she, she's from San Jose, so I don't know. You know, what I mean, like they didn't they didn't do a, a promo package for Serena if, if you noticed. They just said, hey, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Serena Sandu, hey, <laughs> like. Because <laughs> she was trained and she was wrestled for all pro wrestling. <laughs> Grew yeah. up in San Jose, so clearly an American. Not like, quite the it, same it, as Guru Raj, who yeah was trampled by cows. <laughs> you know, like Rich is not making that up. He was trampled by cows. Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah, yeah. on his bike, right? Or was that the tractor when he was on? Uh, his I forget. Yeah, I forget. But that man, yeah, yeah. He, he got in front of a lot of things. But uh, I, I also yeah. love too. They had the uh, the third chair uh, on this show. It, yes. was, it was Michael Cole, Corey Graves, and then the uh, the third guy. I forget his name, but he was he's the WWE Hindu announcer, and it reminded yes. me of 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 Major League, you know, the movie Major League with Bob Uecker, yes. yes. where where he's got this guy next to him, and this guy never talks during the entire movie. And I remember at one point, you know, Bob Uecker's character goes like, "I uh, have anything to add?" And he goes, hmm, "Not really." And he goes, "Not the best color man in the business for nothing." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Because this guy, Michael Cole, is like, "Oh my god, what an emotional moment!" And he's like, "Yes, it is." Yep. And they're like, oh, yeah. Corey Graves is like, I know you're too excited to talk, but like, you know, it was just. Yeah. Real, um, uh, who was it in New Japan? Yoshitatsu? Real Yoshitatsu. Yeah, where he there. just was like very nervous. You know, these, these guys are bouncing everything off of, uh, you know, each other. And then occasionally they're like, so what, what, you know, great story, right? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> they're at like, one, okay. <laughs> at one point, Cole goes, at one point after the Giants wrestled, Cole goes, um, some very tall people in India, and the guy goes, "Well, yeah, well, I'm six two. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, 
you know, and then they just transition to whatever else. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, no, I... he didn't have much to say. Look, probably his second language and all that. Oh, so. yeah, I'm sure. And he's like, I mean, those guys, I mean, you're, you're in there with two pros that are just talking, you know what I mean? Especially WWE style where they're just talking. Like, that yeah. dude has no idea. When am I supposed to jump in? How am I supposed to jump in? And, and, and yeah, it all kind of felt forced. But overall, I liked it. So, I, I mean, I'm curious if they do anything more. Uh, with this, I mean, if they do anything more, I'm I'm definitely you know gonna watch it. I'm I'm pretty interested uh, in it. And if, and if they do an NXT India or something, though, it'll suck because then it'll become a show. Sure, and it, right, right, right. And their and their shows all stink. But um, you know, the, these kind of one off things are always the May Young Classic too, are always the best. Oh things right, yeah, they, yeah, they did a great job with the May Young Classic too. Yeah, any yeah. Uh, those those sort of adjacent things are the best thing this company has done. Yeah, the NXT UK, the Cruiserweight Classic, the the May Young, yeah, the May Young Classic. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff because they bring in these people, they bring in these outside talents. They tell the outside talent stories in in two minutes, and then the outside talents have uh, matches, and and sometimes they win, sometimes they lose, and it's just yeah, it's it's super simple shit that just hits our sensibilities perfectly. So, yeah, for sure. So that was superstar spectacle, by the way. It's on the uh, WWE Network, the the, the <laughs> fading away WWE Network, but you can still uh, go on there. But all right, we got about thirty minutes left to go. Um, this so, weekend. New Beginning, New Beginning Nagoya. Oh, yeah, let's quickly do that. Yeah, let's do that. Now, Rich hasn't kept up with the road twos, but I have. So why don't you just read off the matches, and I'll give some pithy thoughts, and then we'll move on. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, obviously, match of the year stuff going on. I haven't had a ton of free time here, but uh, we have New Beginning in Nagoya. Uh, opening match here, we got Chaos Okada and Yano versus Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. All right, so they're building towards an Okada evil singles match because Okada keeps calling them out. So I really feel like Okada is going to beat evil and then possibly be the challenger for a That's one of my working theories for where they go next with a Bushi. Cause a not going to lose to Sonata, but um, you know, that seems like a good launching point win mm-hmm. for Okada to kind of get back in the mix. So that's kind of my early read on that. There's some other theories that maybe Sonata can face Shingo next. Um, because you could have the old fail up where Shingo loses the never to Tanahashi and then challenges anyway. Cause new Japan loves to have guys fail up like that. The other theory is Tanahashi is the next challenger for Sonata. Uh, not for, for, for Ibushi based on the fact that they were the tag team all summer long and, but the thing is, they presented Abushi so far ahead of Tanahashi that I don't know if that match makes a ton of sense right now. I think Tanahashi has to have a lot more kayfabe success to earn that kind of match. So, And it would be weird for him to win the Never title and then challenge as Never champion. That seems clunky to me. So, I don't know. Those seem to be the three options that people are talking about, though. Uh, otherwise, uh, next match here, uh, Abushi, Hanma, Sho, and Wato versus uh, Sonata, Naito, Hiromu, and Bushi. So just probably, uh, I'm guessing, you know, kind of a holding pattern until we get to Sonata and, and Ibushi. Uh, and yeah, and later, new that's, beginnings. that's exactly what it is. Those two on opposite sides. And then you have this weird Naito-Hanma feud that they've been doing on the road twos. So uh, Naito's involved in a feud with Hanma, which is bizarre on its own length. You've had, but listen, they're working with the limited roster. So you have Empire feuding with Tenkoji. You've got Naito feuding with Hanma. We saw Okada put into feuds with people like Yujiro and Gato over the summer. The Bookers, they've been forced to be creative and do different things with different people that they never would have done under normal circumstances. So 
Um, is Naito Hanma the most thrilling of feuds? It isn't, but at least it's something a little different. And it's this, and this is kind of giving people like Hanma and Tenzan and Yujiro kind of like new life. Otherwise, these would just be tag team filler guys. Yeah, they it's actually- kind of cool. Like it sucks that these are the circumstances that it happens, but I can't lie that I'm a little excited about Tenzan. Uh, you know Hanma and 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 you know Kojima getting big spots that they would have never gotten before, and and potentially I mean Yuji Nagata last year uh, we got him making a little run in the in the New Japan Cup that would not have happened again. So there's there's been benefit. I mean obviously it, it absolutely sucks these are the circumstances, but there's been some stuff that I've really liked, and 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 hopefully you know th- this this we would have never gotten this Kojima and Tenzan thing ever. They would have they would have no, just faded no. into the distance in a bunch of multi man tags like like Nakanishi did, uh, and after five years they would just mercifully put them out of their misery, and and Tenzan would. You know, have to retire, be forced to retire. We're getting a singles match with Hiroshi Tenzan. I mean, in 2021, that's yeah. awesome. And in New Japan, typically half the roster is or just there. They don't. They're never involved in anything meaningful. Half of the roster just simply exists to work tags. And now it's all hands on deck. Everybody has to contribute. Everybody is involved in something at some point because of the limited roster. So yeah. Uh, we have Hiroshi Tenzan, as we mentioned, against the great Okan. Uh, loser must retire their Mongolian chop. These are big stakes, huge stakes. It's awesome. And the thing about it is it's like, they, like you said, Tenkoji would never be in this spot in a non-COVID world. They'd be working uh, tag team openers, beating teams with like Yuji Nagata and a young lion. And that would be it. But now they're not only involved in something important the empire versus tenkoji is the hottest thing in the company it is the hottest thing in the company it is the hottest feud in the company right now With, without question like on these road to shows i mean they have these matches and like they're just skipping the formalities okan doesn't even wear his gear to the ring he just storms to the ring and these and these four men fight and the matches end in no contests and double DQs. They're beating each other with chairs. And it has come to a head. Okan versus Tenzan. One of the Mongolian chops must go. And you could approach this in one of two ways. Tenzan's retiring soon anyway. So it's not a big deal if he loses the ability to Mongolian chop. Or Okan has decided he doesn't want to do this move anymore. So let's weave it into a storyline. I'm going to stop doing it anyway, so let's just give it a... St- so I don't know what way they're going to go. You would think that Okan wins. He's already lost to Okada and Tanahashi. Should he really be losing to Tenzan? Yeah, no, no. I think what, what probably happens is, is Tenzan loses it, and then it kind of it builds towards whatever the end of Tenzan's career is going to come, which I think is, is probably going to rapidly uh, approach here. And then, like, you know, in his final match or whatever, that, that'll be the story is that, you know, he's able, he just does it. You know what I mean? He just says, fuck it, and just does it anyway. Or he never does it again. And that could be a yeah. great way to kind of end that chapter of his career where he, he, he no longer can do that Mongolian chop and then, you know, maybe that is what kind of influences his decision to finally retire is, hey, look, that's one of my signature moves, and I can't even do that anymore. Maybe it's time for me to, you know, look elsewhere, or look for, you know, enlightenment and, <laughs> and purpose in another life or whatever. You know, who knows what the hell they're going to do. But, yeah, you, you, you can't have Okan lose this. He's got to win this match. And, and that's, that's a cool scalp to have for Okan, too. You know what I mean? I took yeah. the Mongolian chop away from Hiroshi Tenzan. That's a big deal. I mean, people, a lot of people in America, people that are new fans in New Japan or whatever, they don't understand how impactful Tenzan. I mean, Tenzan's a big deal in that company. I mean, one of the, one of the charter members of 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 that last you know thirty years of that company and one a big deal big titles and big moments and G ones and, and 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 you know main events of Wrestle, of Tokyo domes and stuff I mean that's a big deal 
to have ten, Tenzan, and, and that chop is one of his signature moves. That's a huge move for Okan if he steals it. So that that's cool. That, I, I love that story, and, and, and yeah, there's no way Okan can lose that. No way. Yeah. This match rules. No DQ. Nothing could stop him. Everything is legal, Cole. Satoshi Kojima versus Will Ospreay. Yeah, I mean, all the matches keep ending in no contest and double DQs. These these guys are just beating this shit. This, is gonna be, this has a chance to be a great match with these two guys. I mean, Kojima and Tenzan are, like, reinvigorated. It's, it's what we always talk about. You give a wrestler, like, something to, uh, to uh, sink their teeth into and make them feel important, like they're involved in something that matters, and their performance levels always go up. It's always, it, 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 in any case, and you get a true pro like Kojima, right, who's always maximum effort anyway, and he has just owned this feud. His promos have been great. His work has been intense. He's defending the honor of his buddy. Now his buddy's back in the mix. Uh, this this stuff has this feud. I'm telling you, this feud has been carrying New Japan on this tour, and I'm very excited about both of these matches. Uh, then your main event uh, for the Never Open Weight Title uh, match. I'm really really looking forward to Shingo versus Tanahashi. And that, by the way, that is five matches. As we said, I, I think that they said they might have six, uh, so there might be another match. I have no idea, but if it's five matches, I'm cool with me. It sounds awesome. So these uh, shows are so easy to watch. It's yeah. great. Shingo versus, you know, you versus have Tanahashi. Intermission. Yeah. Yeah, these intermissions, and then there's only two matches left. It's fucking, it, it, they're a breeze, you know? And um, this match could go either way. I, I feel like Shingo should win, but it'll go a long way to determining, like, again, losing this match could be a good thing for the trajectory of Shingo, though. That's the weird thing because of the way New Japan books. So um, we'll see. Again, that could be a great match, too. So that is uh, New Beginning in Nagoya. We have a preview up on the website right now, VoicesOfWrestling.com. Uh, we'll obviously have reviews uh, of the weekend as well, but we'll, uh, we'll watch it. We'll talk about it next week uh, yeah. on the flagship for It'll probably sure. lead off the show. Yeah. Because if we do Royal Rumble as instant reaction, we're not going to do a big Rumble review. So that'll probably lead off the mm-hmm. show. Yeah. So I'm excited to, uh, to get back into New Japan here. Hopefully, you know, <laughs> life gets a little bit easier. Uh, match of the Year will be out, by the way. And anybody listening to this, if you are a $10 subscriber, uh, you are going to hear the top 10 reveal uh, in a few minutes here, it's actually posting uh, right here in about two minutes. Uh, so when you're done with this show, you can go over. Uh, you guys are all $5 tier members, of course, because you're a $10 tier member. Uh, you can go there and listen to uh, the uh, top 10 reveal as we, uh, the first time exclusive, you get the top 10 uh, before anybody else gets it. And uh, of course, as we always say, don't spoil it. You paid the $5. You paid the value. Uh, but listen to it. It has a lot of really cool uh, explanation of, of the history of the match of the year, a little bit of background, some fun stats and facts uh, for this year's uh, uh, Royal, uh, Royal Rumble match of the year uh, as well, and then we reveal the top ten again, which is, is really cool. We also reveal our top, our personal uh, top tens, the vote, the matches that we voted for uh, as well. So uh, really cool. Again, as I said, that will be posting uh, in a few minutes. So when you're done, if you're listening live and you're done with this flagship, you can move on to there. If you're just listening to this flagship now and you want to, uh, you know, maybe our top ten, I, I, the rollout's going to happen over the course of the afternoon. Uh, if you're listening to this early in the morning, the flagship early in the morning, and you want to know who finished number one, who finished number two, who finished number three, or whatever, and we don't have the posts up there, uh, again, you can go on the $5 tier uh, and get that there at patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. So that is up, and that will be uh, fun to hear the reactions uh, to that as we, we put a put a bow on our, our, our project season because the book is done, the match of the year is done, and we kind of we just chill for a little bit now, which is pretty awesome. So pretty much until the G1 pick them, we, we kind of just chill out. So it's nice. But uh, this weekend, Joe, I know you're going to be watching every minute of this January 29th, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, all the way to January 30th, 8 p.m. Eastern. If you really were nuts, you would just stream this live. <laughs> that, if we ever get real desperate, 
this would be incredible. A 24. We have always said we could do 24 hour audio for sure. Especially given the lives we live. Like you and I could both like I could I could do it in the morning until, you know, three o'clock and then you, you know, get up from your whatever. And then you, you take over. I take a little nap. I, I take over again at 10 p.m. or whatever. Then, you know, then then you, you know, come in at 1 a.m. To, to finish this out. Like we could easily do 24 hours of audio if we ever needed to. But uh, GCW is going to do this fight forever. 24 hours uh, live pro wrestling uh, streaming live and free on the uh, GCW YouTube page as well as Fight TV. Uh, not on independent wrestling TV, which I guess, I don't know, is that worth discussing at all? The issue with independent well, wrestling TV or, or and GCW? No, well, I, I, don't, well, I don't know much about it. I, mean, I don't know yeah, the full story great. either, so yeah. I, I, and they're I, very tight-lipped. Nobody will talk, so... We tried. By the um, way, we tried. We, we DM'd numerous people saying, hey, can you give us anything on this? And, and stonewalled by everybody, so... Yeah, so this is on Fight. How much are they charging for all 24 hours of this? Uh, free. Uh, uh, streaming free. Oh, free, free. Free okay. on, the, on, so, the, on the GCW YouTube page and Fight will be completely free for this. Because uh... the gimmick is they want you to donate to the wrestlers. Right, right. Yeah, They got sponsors. They're going to have donations up there. So, yeah, it, it is free to watch, but uh, they, they'll want you to uh, to donate or, or, or help the wrestlers out. So yeah. that is that. But, man, we got a lot of shows here because, obviously, we're doing 24 straight hours. I mean, it's it's cool. I like the idea of it is awesome. Like, I, I don't know that I'm going to really be into a lot of what's happening, but it's pretty badass. I mean, it's kind of a cool thing to do a 24 hour, you know, wrestle thon or whatever. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see what the reaction is and if it's just complete disaster. But uh, uh, it's we'll a s- great idea. And much like being in the age of streaming, I just really wish all of this stuff existed in like 2007. Yeah. If it's 2007, I'm calling off, you know, I'm. I'm Totally calling off work Friday, sleeping the entire day, and we're we're covering every minute of this on this website. Even if it was like 2016. Yeah. You know, this is the – because the indie stink, let's call it like we see it. You'll hear these lineups. This is the worst period of independent wrestling since the indie boom of 2002 or whatever. I mean, it just lacks talent, lacks star power. It's just bad. Indies are bad right now because all the talent has been hoarded up by all these companies. It's just I wish – man, that we had these streaming capabilities when the indies were good. And I wish somebody had come up with a concept like this when the indies were good so that we're watching like really great wrestlers instead of, you know, I don't know, fucking the alley cat and Atticus Atticus Kogar and whoever the fuck like it just, it's a shame that it's like the technology wasn't a decade sooner. I know it would have been so great. Can you just? I, I mean, like when I see this idea of like a twenty-four hour live wrestling show, like I imagine, you know, let's say it's like in between the period when Daniel Bryan got fired from you know WWE or whatever, and it's like Chris Heroes on the Indies or whatever, and they, those dudes just decide, let's just have a three-hour match, right? Like let's just fucking, we'll take up half that day. You know what I mean? Like those guys would be chomping at the bit to say, you know what? Yeah, you know, give us an hour, give me forty-five minutes, we'll have a badass match. You know, some idiot is gonna say, hey, I'll go two hours or whatever and it'll be good and it'll be fun and awesome and then like yeah Chris Hero goes and takes a fucking shower and comes back two hours later and has a great match with Roderick Strong or whatever you know what I mean like just damn it would have been so much better fucking Davey Richards is on there and Daniel Bryan's on there and Chris Hero's on there and Zack Sabre Jr.'s on it and Gargano and Ciampa and go right down the list yeah, I, mean, I mean i, I could list I'll every into the thing but i can't lie and tell you i'm excited about it yeah I mean, it's I'll a cool concept in. but i i mean i'll um i yeah i 
it's not going to be good. I no, watched the clock. No, no, no. I'll, I'll jump in here and there. I might, you know, kind of fall asleep to it on on, on on my TV. But, yeah, it's not something that we're not. Like, by the way, you're not seeing any coverage on the website here. Right? Like, we're not doing any previews and stuff. We, A, don't have people that really want to. And, and, and B, it's just kind of like, I don't know. We're, 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 we're pretty down on it. But I hope they raise a ton of money. And, and, and I hope the wrestlers uh, get a bunch as well, not just the company. So, uh, GCW, The Wind of God, Friday, January 29th, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, the match card here is Nate Webb versus One Called Manders. KTB versus Matthew Justice. I thought KTB was retiring. Guess he's back. Uh, Myron Reed versus Brayden Lee. Joey Janela versus Treehouse Lee. And a Blackpool two out of three falls match. Leo Rush versus Blake Christian. Yeah, the Rush Christian thing is that ongoing feud. Mm-hmm. And they're doing very much NXT style melodramatic matches. Um, Janela was going to wrestle Elena Black. They did that work shoot thing on Twitter. Um, and then she at WWE pulled her from the show. Um, I don't know why anyone would want to watch Joey Janela wrestle Elena Black. I mean, that is a <laughs> shut the blinds match if I've ever heard one. I mean, who cares? Um, so I'd rather watch him wrestle Treehouse Lee anyway, who disappeared during COVID, but apparently is back. That guy's athletically gifted yeah, yeah, and yeah. really fun to watch. He's not the most refined wrestler. But um, he's he's at least you know he's athletically gifted and very fun to watch because he's creative. So um, he's a guy that I wish when COVID ends would get in there with some I don't know who on this current scene, but get in there with with some great workers and really hone the craft. He he has a ton of potential. Uh, a match or a show, I should say, my favorite match or show of the uh, the collective uh, for the culture coming back. Uh, here Friday, January 29th, uh, 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. So going up until mid ta- uh, midnight. Uh, PB Smooth versus Calvin Tankman. AJ Gray versus Hoodfoot. Uh, Lee Moriarty versus Saif Al Sabat. I love that guy. He pops up every so often and yeah. s- quits somewhere <laughs> and burns a bridge yeah. and then comes back. So he's got a, but he's super fucking talented. So I, I, I you know, we talked about yeah. the, 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 you know, the, the, the calculus I have to play with Ethan Page. I play that calculus with Al Sabat because he's yeah. pretty fucking great. So. Uh, he'll be in a three-way then with Ken Broadway, uh, Lee Moriarty, and, and, and El, El Sabah there. Uh, Nate oh, Carter. three-way, though? It's like. I know. I would just do Lee Moriarty versus Saif's El Sabah. Like, yeah, just come on. We need the three-way for it. Anyway. Because uh, you got to have three-way. So, <laughs> what do you mean, what do you have the three-way for? you got to have a scramble. you got to have a three-way. Uh, the rep, uh, Nate Carter and Dave McCall versus Thick and Juicy, Faye Jackson and Willow Nightingale. Uh, then Camaro Jackson and Mike Outlaw versus Jordan Blade and Eel O'Neill is your. Uh, GCW for the culture, so not uh, not to the level of the collectives for the culture, but some some interesting names and, and and matches on that one. But it's not a bad lineup. I'm not familiar with some of the people towards the end there, but the first couple matches sounded pretty good on yeah. paper. That's not that's not terrible. That's not too bad. Yeah, uh, GCW UV sixty the death hour. Oh boy, uh, homicide. Oh baby, homicide versus low life Louie, Madman Pondo versus Jeff Cannonball, and Schlack versus Orin Vade, or Vate, or whatever the fuck you pronounce it. Vite, I think. Whatever. Who fucking cares? So. Remember I said I would pop in for some of this and pop out? <laughs> I think I know where you're popping out. No use. I mean, it's going to be deathmatch. And bad deathmatch. <laughs> a lot of people stink, let's be yeah. honest. Um, yeah, I have zero use for anything on that show. Um, maybe Madman Pondo versus yeah. Jeff Cannibal. That's twelve a.m. to uh, twelve a.m. to one a.m. on uh, on Saturday there. So no, uh, then you're into this one, I'm sure. Jimmy Lloyd's up all night, January thirtieth, uh, one a.m. to three a.m. Uh, trios match: the Ugly Ducking uh, Ducklings versus Young, Dumb, and Broke. Ken Broadway versus Charles Manson. Nolan Edward versus Wheeler Utah. 
and Jimmy Lloyd versus Starboy Charlie. I would call the All cops right. if that was going on in my yard. <laughs> keep keep an eye on that Nolan Edward match versus um, Wheeler Utah. Uh, Wheeler Utah. Nolan Edward is a guy who is picking up some steam. I would say circle that one. Um, <laughs> I have no use for Jimmy Lloyd in any form. Yeah. Um, Starboy Charlie is like a literal child. He may have turned 18 or is turning 18. I was not impressed with Starboy Charlie at the collective. I've seen Starboy Charlie be impressive in gifts and on YouTube and stuff, but um was not, he wrestled Blake Christian and they did like this slow it down, grind it out grappling match and it Starboy Charlie did not come across better for it. Neither did Christian. Um but watch that, keep an eye on that Nolan Edward match against um keep forgetting the opponent. Uh, uh, who did I say? Well, Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta. Keep an eye on that. I think that's a match that could um, have some buzz coming out of that show. Yeah, so uh, uh, Starboy Charlie just recently shared his senior picture to, to give you an idea of how old on Twitter. He goes, here's my senior picture. So that's, uh, that's how old Starboy Charlie is. He's taking it's his senior same, pictures. It's the same deal as when we talk about uh, Billy Starks. It's like... That's her name, right? Billy Star. Billy Star. We'll talk about her in a moment here. She uh, she's on the show here. I feel bad because they're children. Yeah, you I don't want to really criticize a I child and <laughs> what they're doing. I, I think. But... I think Starboy Charlie has a ton of potential, and I hear Starks is a very nice girl. So, what do we got next? Oh Jesus, we got to get going here quick. There's a lot of shows. Yeah, these shows be longer. What the fuck? Uh, no Peace Underground presents Odium. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, <laughs> Oren Veet versus Matthew Justice, Bam Sullivan versus Edis Kogar, and Pero and Otisin versus KTV and Shane Mercer. Okay, that, that sounds, sounds awesome. Good. That sounds fucking great. All right, I'm that into that. Perked me up. I never heard. I haven't heard the end versus uh... Iron Beast, KTV and Shane Mercer. I'm waking up at 4 a.m. for that match for sure. That of course, that's the great. one at four. In the yeah, morning. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the one that's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> You might still be up. I might be waking up at that time. I might still be so. up. You might be waiting. You're right. We might be like ships passing in the night. Yeah. Well, I'm going to want to go back to sleep after we talk about Fight Forever After Dark, uh, uh, 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. You have Solo Darling versus Billy Starks. God. Oh, God. That, there, isn't a harder, there isn't a harder pass in existence than Solo Darling versus Billy Starks. Oh, my God. And then a Catalyst Wrestling Championship match here. Uh, Colby Carino versus Lucky 13 versus Cheeseburger. It's a three-way for the Catalyst Wrestling Championship. Oh, my God. What a weird match. So I'll wake up at 4 a.m. and then go back to sleep. Uh, then Fight Forever After Hours 2, uh, January 30th from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. That was the whole show? It was like two matches? I guess. I don't know. Yeah, we start. Just we we, we get to the point where we only have one match listed. Yeah, I think it's just whoever is still awake. Uh, yeah. or whoever still wants to wrestle, they'll just put out there <laughs> and see what happens. So. I'm sure they'll flesh out. This is just what they've announced. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fight for, well, I mean, it's tomorrow, so I better get going here. But uh, anyway, uh, after hours 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., uh, Facade and Danny Moe. I don't know who Danny Moe uh, is. And then there's no. Too Hot Steve Scott versus Kung Fu Janela. <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, these are the wee hours, man. Who the fuck you is know? Too Hot yeah. Steve Scott? I love it. That's a great name, though. That's a classic. No yeah, that's a classic indie, re- like 1997 indie wrestling name there. Too Hot Steve Scott, yeah. He'd be 487 in the PWI 500, right? Yeah, above, yeah. Uh, You'd be like, who the fuck is Too Hot Steve Scott? It'd be, yeah, it'd be him, Donovan Morgan, and you know, the, the, the yeah. stars of, you know. The Gambler. 
California Championship Wrestling. Yeah, that's uh, just be awesome. Yeah, people would tell you he'd be on a velocity. You know, losing to Bradshaw in a minute or two. You know, Teeny Ranchula. Yeah, <laughs> freelance, freelance underground. They take over at six a.m. here on Saturday. We got Davy Bang versus Jacob Dean versus Trevor Outlaw. And then we have Angel Escarella versus August Matthews versus Coda Hernandez. So that is Freelance Underground, I'm sure, who are just kind of trainees. So uh, I don't yeah, know that, any of those guys. Yeah. I'm not sure who those guys are. So these are these are rough time slots. So I get it. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember Din T Moore, the Din- independent wrestler? Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know who that is? I don't. I'll blow your mind. It's the Beer City Bruiser, my friend. Really? Yeah. Wow. Din T Moore. I, yeah, I always remember him seeing him in those PWI things. <laughs> like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. There you go. Well, that was in his younger days. Was he thinner then, or was he kind of the same guy? I don't fucking know. Oh, I, yeah. I wasn't <laughs> going to Milwaukee indie shows, yeah, Rich. That's your back of the woods. That's true. Well, I was I was five, so I wasn't doing much of that either. I was 11, so I wasn't driving to Milwaukee for Ford indie shows Wolfman. either. I was only watching Windy City Pro Wrestling, my man. So I wasn't. Uh, wasn't ah, I was venturing with too Christopher far Daniels. Up. Yes, Christopher Daniels with hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I remember at the All In press conference, I talked. You know, I, I said, "Oh, how you know how important is it to be wrestling here? You know, in Chicago in this big moment when you were a Windy City wrestling star." <laughs> he just no sold it completely. And he said, "Fuck you, Mark." Is yeah. What he, said. he said, "Chicago's a great wrestling city, and I love it." <laughs> yeah. Okay. Christopher Daniels. One thing about him is he is just. He's not a rude man or anything, but he's a pro wrestler. Yeah, he, he just—he was like, I don't want to talk about the Windy yeah, City Championship wrestling with this dork. <laughs> like, you know right, what? it means nothing to him. Right, because I was thinking, oh man, like I grew up watching you in Chicago wrestle. I'm sure you're gonna love the idea of of this a, a revolutionary, you know, wrestling show in Chicago again. And he's like, no, that was yeah. 25 years ago. It was a paycheck. I don't care about Windy City Pro Wrestling. I've wrestled all across the world. I've wrestled in Osaka Pro for Ring of Honor for TNA why would I give a shit about Windy City Pro Wrestling you dork like, it was he's just right. a, those were bad bookings 25 years ago right. he doesn't care or yeah, remember or give a shit yeah, yeah but, absolutely he uh, knows all the questions I felt bad but I thought he had a real ace in the hole there and he just yeah, yeah. anyway you're, uh, like, I'm gonna, you're like I'm gonna show how smart I am <laughs> right, I'm gonna show everybody in this and, room here you know I'm, I'm sitting next to you know it's me <laughs> I'm sitting right next to Dave Meltzer and I'm like ah yeah Meltzer's gonna be like great question man <laughs> like, you know nobody said anything you thought you were gonna get back padded by, yeah. by Meltzer and meanwhile Christopher Daniels is like ah oh, who let the smart in here <laughs> exactly get this yeah. guy out of here yeah Oh, God. Glory Pro Wrestling, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Uh, AJ Gray versus Mike Outlaw in the Crown of Glory Championship. That's, uh, and then uh, one, man, uh, one Called Manders versus Ju- uh, Juicy Fanau, uh, Fanu or whatever. Fanau, Juicy Fanau, yeah. yeah who, who, who wrestled a terrible match against Ricky Shane Page on the last Game Changer show. I think the Slime Time or whatever in Vegas. <laughs> whatever one was in Vegas. Yes, yeah, yeah. But uh, Ricky Shane Page looked really good. And, and you know how good he has to look for us to compliment him sure and juicy juicy finale looked out of his league i mean he's a nice story flew himself out to the collective um i think he's got a ways to go even to be at the current top indie level which isn't saying a ton but um he can get there and he has a unique look so he does have that working for him and the tools are there he tries things that are a little bit out of his depth sometimes that's one thing i notice with him but uh but anyway 
Oh boy, we got a lot more of these to go. Shit. All right, we'll go quick because we're we're running out of time here. Black Label Pro, eight a.m. to nine a.m. Just when you get. Hopefully, Joe, you can hit that alarm and get ready for Rohit Raju versus a very good professional wrestler, which is our. That might be good. That, that might be, be pretty good. solid. I, I'm not being facetious there. That's uh, that sounds pretty good. Uh, Camp Leak Frog. I don't know what that is, but we have a nine on nine Cybernetico match at ten a, at nine a.m. to ten a.m. You have. Oh, I know you're going to be into this. The best campers ever: Boomer Hatfield, Molly McCoy, Still Life with Apricots and Pears, Boar, Erica Lee, Jay Leon, Midas Black, Abyss, and Abby Jane. I don't know who some of those people are. Versus a very good professional wrestling team with a very good professional wrestler: Matt Mikowski, Travis Huckabee, Matt DeMorest. Masha Slamovich, Dan Champion, Killian McMurphy, Blank, and CC Boost. So yeah, um, it's the it's the Chikara offer match yeah. of all the Chikara people who are just floating out in the ether. The Camp Leapfrog thing has been going on. You can look that up yourself. It's a thing that's happening on the Indies right now, and it's uh, it's way anyway. We we need to burn through this. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Effie's Big Gay Block. That's at 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Uh, uh, Devin Monroe, Dark Sheik, Effie, Billy Dixon, uh, Still Life with Apricots and Pears versus MV Young versus Ace Perry. Uh, the end, Perro and, uh, uh, and Innocent versus uh, Oreo Speedwagon, and then Dylan McQueen uh, versus Ashton Starr. So. Can we stop with the cutesy tag team names, too? Oreo Speedwagon. I, I mean, know. can we just can we get back to where we just we called teams like cool names like Miracle Violence Connection or the Road Warriors or uh, or Holy Demon the Army? End. The end. Perro and uh, the end. That is a name. The I end. fucking yes. love the end. Great Dark name. City you Fight know? Club. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yes. Let's yes. kick Another ass. Let's fucking the bell rings and these assholes are gonna kick the fuck. Iron Beast. KTV and Shane Mercer. Iron yes. Beast. That's what we're talking about. Demolition. Yeah, I mean, you know, powers of pain. I mean, can we get back to that, please? Oreo Speedwagon. I can't. I'm, I'm doing the jerk off motion, Rich. I just, I can't. <laughs> I can't deal with it. Uh, Alley cats, the Alley cats, hot girl shit. Oh, Fade no, Jazz no. Alley cat versus Willow Nightingale. Ziggy Hame versus uh, Brooke Valentine. Uh, Kaya Makina versus Holly Dead. And Lady Frost versus Molly McCoy. 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. No ma- No chance you can miss that one. Alley cats. Real hot girl shit on a Saturday uh, afternoon. Uh, then we have the GCW <laughs> Iron Man Challenge. Iron Man match for the Synergy Pro Wrestling Championship. Jordan Oliver versus Tony Deppin in an Iron Man match. Oh, my God. I mean, so remember Deppin- how I said you could have Chris Hero and Daniel Bryan? Well, now we have Jordan Oliver and Tony Deppin. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? No comment from me. You yeah. summed it up better than I ever could. Okay. Uh, GCW Draft Day. Uh, Do you have any faith in Jordan Oliver in an Iron God, Man match? No. God, no. I, I've, jeez. Uh, uh, well, there's a mystery okay. show here that, that has nothing, so we don't know what's on that one. Anyway, four uh, OHs, uh, what we want here on uh, January 30th, 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, Eddie Only versus El Drunko, Gregory Irons RSP Championship Open Challenge, and then Ricky Shane Page and Addison Kogar versus the Mortons, Ricky Morton and Carrie Morton. Yeah, I mean the the. The, the Ricky Shane Page produce show is like our worst nightmare. I don't know. <laughs> um, what do you want me to say? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I want to I want to check out Morton's kid, but if he was any good, wouldn't he be booked everywhere? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's fucking a, a Morton, and yeah, he's he's only booked on the show. And Ricky Morton's beloved. He's a nice guy. There's like no reason not to book 
his kid if he was any good. But I want to see if his kid is any good. That's Imagine a- being that's such a that's like being David Flair. I like, know. Got to follow Ricky Morton. Well, I was talking about the other, you know, in one of the Rumble Rewinds. Is we're going a little over. Fuck it. Who cares? Uh, we were going to, you know, in one of the Rumble Rewinds. Is there was this weird period where there was all these like wrestlers' sons and wrestlers' relatives, and none of them could live up to it. It's like yeah. your Brian Christophers, your Doug Gilberts, your you know Eric Watts, and those guys. And it was like, dude, you guys are never. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. it sucks because like your parents are so prominent and so important, and it's so hard to get out of that shadow, especially in that era. And yeah, well, that's why Brian Christopher was Brian Christopher and not Brian Lawler. Exactly. I mean, right, right. it was two pronged. He wanted to make it, uh, and Lawler didn't want people to know that he had sons wrestling because people would then think he was old. So that was well thought out for him not to wrestle as 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 Brian Lawler. But yeah, your point stands. I mean, there are a ton of them, yeah, especially in that period. It seemed like it was t- it was all like the old territory guys that were like dominant yeah. figures. Were were like yeah, it was. Um, anyway, uh, VXS uh, presents Rockstar Nights is at five p.m. to six p.m. We're getting we're almost there. We're almost there. Uh, pure wrestling rules. Agnes Kogar versus Daniel Garcia. <laughs> Daniel Garcia is too. What we couldn't find anybody else for Daniel Garcia to face. How about Daniel Garcia versus Tony Deppin in an Iron Man? Yeah, why? Wait a minute. Wait, hold on. This is the most agreed. Oh, hold on a minute. This is the most agreed. You get Danny Garcia, who's a fucking tremendous pro wrestler. You get him in a pure rules wrestling match, and he's against Atticus Kogar? You know, they're probably going to do, like, comedy. Like, Kogar's probably going to, like, sneak in hardcore shit. What? Who knows? Oh my Maybe Kogar God. can wrestle and we don't know it. I've only seen him uh, do well, one. Okay. All right. Kogar was you the guy. You taking bets on that or what? <laughs> Kogar was the guy who, in the middle of the heart of COVID during the collective, was taking uh, hypodermic needles out of fans' mouths. Like, what the fuck? That was the most insane shit. But uh, I don't know. I've never seen him just wrestle. So I'm just trying to be nice, Rich. We've been burying everything. That's what true. do you want from That's me? I, but how about Garcia versus Deppin in the Iron Man? Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, two great wrestlers. I know one's at like four in the morning and one's at like four in the afternoon, but could we have worked something out? For that, I don't know. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, it's such a uh, uh, yeah. He's so. I love Garcia and yeah, uh, Ken Broadway and Gabriel Sky, and then Redbeard, FKA Eric Rowan versus Homicide. So weird that he got booked on this. Yeah, like it's very bizarre. And on one but, uh, show, he's popping in at five p.m. and then bouncing. You know what I mean? It's just really strange. But because someone asked him to work at three a.m. and he was like, "Go fuck no. yourself." <laughs> I don't. I don't need that money that bad. I'm so. Eric Redbeard. I'm not yeah. wrestling at uh, three in the morning. Anyway. Uh, and then finally, the world, uh, the world on, uh, on on GCW part three, Saturday, January thirtieth at six p.m. to eight p.m. G Raver versus Cole Radrick, Chris Dickinson versus Juicy Fanua, and then Joey Janela versus Everett Connors. Uh, it's fine. It's okay. It's okay. It's got. It's I'm into the well. Yeah. Again, first I, I match stinks. The first match is is terrible. Yeah, I'd find a better spot um, for Chris Dickinson. You're booking him one so, time, and he's against fucking Juicy is is their only guy. But whatever. But one announced. A lot of these cards have like one match, so yeah. these guys are gonna pop up. But yeah, yeah, seriously, the one announced Chris Dickinson match. Yeah, I don't know, but I guess that's a hot name to people. Juicy. Um, look, Rich, independent wrestling has passed us by. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just what it is. It's it's not what we. They're not. It's not for us anymore. We just want to see good wrestling. It's passed us by. Yeah. It's a different era. And a lot of it is the, the available talent. I get it. 
but in a lot of ways too, it's just you just. It's have the approach, yeah. It, it's what people are getting into it for, yeah. and 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 how they want to present themselves too. Is is it's it's not just the talent. It's it's you know, it's becoming it's a self fulfilling prophecy at this point. It's yeah. It is. It is, and I think it's cyclical, and I think wrestling will return to the indies at some point when we find more wrestlers. I do believe that. All right, and that is it for our show. So again, as we said, patreon.com slash voice of wrestling. Anybody that was listening live, the top 10 reveal is up there uh, for $5 tier members. You can listen to that right away. An hour and 21 minutes. So if you're not done with three plus hours of Joe and Rich, you can listen to another hour and 21 minutes. Uh, that is going to kick off our, our top 10 reveal. Uh, then the afternoon tomorrow, uh, one by one, we're going to roll out uh, the top 10 matches. Uh, in our Voices of Wrestling Match of the Year poll. So you can go on there, voicewrestling.com, to do that. As I said, previews uh, for the New Beginning show uh, and Royal Rumble, as well as reviews. Also an instant reaction immediately following the Royal Rumble on Sunday. That will be on our $10 tier. So if you're listening to this live, you're good. If you're listening to this on uh, on demand and you're saying, hey, I want to listen to these guys react instantly to the Royal Rumble, you can do so uh, Sunday night immediately following the show on our $10 tier at patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. So anyway, thanks to our sponsors, Upstart uh, and MyBookie, upstart.com slash VOW, MyBookie.ag, promo code VOW. That is it for us. For Joe, I'm Rich. We'll talk to you later.